Hello? We are here with Mr. Sam Thomas. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, I'm yes, no stoked. problem. Thank you for being here. It's now, so Sam good. is affiliated with Motive Direct Pictures. Well, tell us a little bit about what is Motive Direct Pictures. Uh, we're like an art collective. We do filmmaking. Um, yeah, it's an art collective. That's how I would describe it, like different different people coming kind of come and go everybody sort of has specialties in what they do so mostly i do editing cinematography i do a lot of writing and stuff like that um other people direct there's lots of people that act so yeah it's different stuff everybody does you know uh my brother does web the, the website stuff mostly the sound for us um yeah, man, so many people would be hard to sit here and just mm -hmm, yeah. lots of them are actors. I mean, a good chunk of them act. Um, my buddy Shake, he does uh, special effects and does Tom. So everything's a DIY, everything's self-taught. I mean, YouTube college on everything, yeah, you know, yeah. so, yeah. So you never did schooling for any of it at all, just all self-taught? or? Yeah, it's all self-taught. So um, when I was getting out of high school, um, I wanted to go to film school, like, you know, when they're, you know, at the end of high school, and they're like, what do you want to do with your life, you know, so they were, you know, on me about that, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to film school, that's what I'm going to do, and uh, Full Sail, like, everyone knows what Full Sail in Florida is, a big film school, but I wasn't super stoked on that, I wanted to go to VFS, uh, Van Vancouver Film School, so uh, I really looked into that, and, like, every intention of going to do that and um so when i started looking into it obviously like the money is like a big thing mm -hmm. and uh i don't come from the most affluent family so uh and i have a twin sister so it's two of us coming out of high school at the exact same time and they're like my parents are like okay which one of you want to do what i'm like oh i want to go to film school in vancouver so I'm, i love Canada <laughs> I'm a hockey fan you know I was like super excited you know to go up to Canada and, and live up there and learn up there and it's a really good film school basically with full set it's like two best film schools in North America at least I think I don't know <laughs> it's, been, it's been 15 years I don't know maybe things have changed but yeah and then uh so they asked my sister what do you want to do She's like, I just want to go to Blackhawk and get a certificate. So they're like, okay, you go to Blackhawk, get a certificate. Sam, get your ass out and get a job. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the end of that. I did look into Toronto Film School probably two years after high school. And, uh, yeah, they're just like, yeah, come on up and go to film school here, which the other film school is like you need to go to a four-year you know do something else first before you come here i come mm -hmm. here about 22 and then start film school and i had no intention of like going and taking math and english so oh, like, none. Dude, same i can't stand that shit. yeah none <laughs> dude like that was like no i want to go make art like i don't want to yeah it's like dude what the fuck i just spent like 12 years yeah, in school for yeah. like i can't I hate stand it every it, dude. i know so. like oh man that's the worst just like I'm here to do what I want to do mm -hmm. now. I'm yeah, so I'm too sure. stubborn for school <laughs> anymore. Yeah. I'm just like nope, I can't do any math. Like I just I don't have any room in my brain anymore for shit I'm not gonna use. It's yeah, like, for sure. Dude. I'll just be like, bullshitting my way through it. Like that. Ah, 
fucking the answer's five. I feel six. like I would have quit after, you know, like a semester. I've been like, fuck this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just partied the entire time. That would have been it. So, yeah, I just, uh, I just bailed on it, man, and didn't really do anything for a while. Like, I did get screenplay books and uh, taught myself how to write, like, proper screenplays like screenplays you would sell to hollywood mm-hmm. you know so i did i did learn that I still didn't really do anything with it um but yeah when the technology caught up that was kind of when i was like okay i can just buy my own shit and like really do yeah, this yeah. like you know finding partners and stuff to go in and do it with and everything like that this big thing about filmmaking is like well, just backtrack a little, like, I played in, like, hardcore bands and metal bands and stuff like that for, like, a long time, and then, uh, you know, I was, just, I always wanted to make films, but, like... Was that when you were in high school? You were yeah, playing? in high school and just right out of high school, like, I played in bands and stuff like that for years and years, like, probably seven years, I think, I played in bands, and, um, yeah, I just, that was, like, okay, I can't go to film school, so, like, this is, like the next best thing you know right but um yeah it was like really hard to to get keep the band going you got four other people with you and everything like that and they all got jobs and you know as you get older girlfriends come in everything just starts affecting yeah. it you know but it's not like you're 17 anymore and you just put all of your time into like playing in a band and and then uh you know band politics come in not necessarily within the band we always got along really well a lot of the people we do mode direct with are the same people i was playing music with and stuff like that but mm-hmm. um yeah it was like uh other bands you know it's like uh there's not a lot of support for one another you know everybody's trying mm-hmm. to trample the other band and stuff like that and uh, i always was like really supportive anybody whatever they were doing and there was like certain sounds you know you get bands and you got five bands all sound the exact same mm-hmm. and i was like dude this is this fucking sucks like yeah, yeah. i was like so i started making just the weirdest shit i could do and even against what my bandmates would want to do you know just the weirdest kind of stuff like really into bands like daughters um dillinger escape plan like converge zeo like stuff mm-hmm. like that you know like those were not necessarily the types of popular bands around at that time so so yeah um it was hard to to get on shows and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. so like and then we started a band like and you know whatever you change names and start a new sound and uh i kind of gotten pretty bored with it at that point and uh and this band so it was like very like typical of like what hardcore sounded like in like 05 or 06 at the time like keyboards like i played fucking keyboard in it didn't know how to play keyboard at all but you could push the key and hold it you know through through like a verse or whatever so yeah i was doing that i i did not like the band and the band like for what i did musically like blew up like it was like really popular and we're getting on shows like anywhere always anywhere we want to go you know going to like peoria and playing shows and i was like man i hate this band like why is this the band like all the bands i played in that i loved like but couldn't get a show because it's just too fucking weird you know Mm -hmm. so yeah like 
we're getting all these shows and stuff like that and like you know everyone knows the lyrics when you're playing and stuff like that you know but it's just like this is not the band on the plan so mm-hmm. after a little while um that band sort of dissolves like they all do and uh started the last one that i played in it was just back to like playing really really weird hardcore really like sound of its own stuff like that and again impossible to get on a show again <laughs> and like we we're just breaking rules with like what was like you know you know the rules of hardcore you know like, mm-hmm. you know you gotta play this gotta break down two step break down two yeah, step yeah, you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> i mean, it was like you know so we start doing parts where you know everything's in a four count or an eight count and then we change it to um you know we'd have these parts and we just play them forever you know we play them a one part 16 times you know <laughs> like just just weird you know like things you're not supposed to be doing so that sort of fell apart and then i was like okay i'm just done with this you know like i don't want to play this music anymore i don't want to play in a band anymore everybody's on their own paths we barely see each other so uh i kind of bailed on it um and around oh seven oh eight, uh, I had a buddy who uh, who rapped. He was like really really good at it. Um, I was like super impressed by him. And he went out and just bought and bought an entire studio. I had no idea how to actually run this studio. So and me and him were really good friends. So he was just like, I'm gonna buy all this stuff and you're gonna run it and and set it all up and and get it going. I'm just gonna make songs. You're gonna figure out how to record <laughs> the songs, how to put them out, all that stuff. So and I had a lot of experience from that from doing the band. So I was like, cool, you know, I, I'm down with this. So I learned a bunch of stuff that way. Um, and then he joined the military, so he left, uh, literally gave me the equipment, just gave it to me Damn. and said, you know, use this, all this stuff. So I got all the gear, um, and then I sort of set it up, um, started recording basically whoever. And then down the road, like everything, it was like, everyone's coming in like you know i'm i'm recording literally anyone anyone who walks through the door at once record i'm like hop in you yeah. know like right. they're all super into ludicrous <laughs> and yeah. i'm like i'm into like really underground hip-hop and i'm listening to like mf doom and stuff like that i'm like this is what i want to do you know and they're like this is stupid like i don't mm-hmm. you don't this is not even rap music that you like you know and, so I did it for a little while and then got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do this either. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and it was always just like, I want to make music videos and stuff like that. Like, so if we have the means to get some music made, then we can make a music video mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So a few years went by, I didn't do anything like artistically at all. Uh, it was a weird time because I'd been doing art for like over 10 years at that point, just like straight, you know, one thing right into the next, whatever it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, around 2013, I'll say around 2013, I really like started getting into like writing screenplays again and stuff like that. And then, uh, I uh, was like, man, writing screenplays is cool, but I was like, there's really no means to an end with it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you make music, you make it, you get to listen to it, you get to go play it, you know, stuff like that. It's like just writing screenplay, you write a screenplay, 
you hope one of your friends will read it, you know? And yeah. That's it. And that's like, you know, there's no, there's no seeing it or anything like that, you know? And, uh, so. Were you I, always, like, really into writing just screenplays, or did you ever consider, like, writing, like, actual stories, like an author, like books or something? Uh, or? So, when I was, like, really little, like, um, just like a kid, like, my dad, even just so like recently how just like take a notebook and just start writing from the first page to the last page and like illustrate it which i can't draw for shit so it's just stupid looking <laughs> you know <laughs> just first page to the last page would write stories no idea you know I'm, I'm literally seven eight years old doing this so and then like and like i said we just said like i hated school didn't like it but anytime that was like you can like write a story or whatever like i'd be super into that and like put my all into that it's like writing but yeah we just kind of write for for fun and stuff like that but you know as you get older it's like okay i can do more than write on you know play music and stuff like that so i i didn't really do it for a while and then um and then yeah until 2013 i started like writing again and i learned the proper rate proper way to do a screenplay and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just couldn't really get anything going with it. Didn't know what to do with it, especially, you know. Like, right. I never, like, wanted to be famous or anything like that, you know. Like, I just wanted to make art. Like, I always say, like, if I was to get paid for art, like, that's the equivalent of, like, winning the lottery to me. You right. know, it's, like, yeah, the same definitely. thing. Like, a yeah. million to one shot. And, like, if that's what I can do and just quit working and like be able to afford it an apartment and food stamps and like be able to write like i would just be content you know yeah yeah so yeah i just really couldn't do anything with it and uh so devin who's like the me and devin founded motor direct like he's we co-founded it together did you come up with that around 2013 then that would have been 2014 oh. so like i'd been started writing about the end of 2013 and i was trying to find people to write with me and they would be like oh yeah you know it came time to do the work you know like pretty mm. much bail on it yep, yep. so it started as mainly just you two in the beginning it was basically just me in the very very beginning and then he jumped on actually. and then so yeah in 2014 I was at his house complaining, <laughs> you know, I wanted to make films, I can't make films, this is what I want to do, you know, and he's like, yeah, I was like, oh, I wrote some screenplays, you know, <laughs> he's like, so he comes over one night, and I said, hey, check out this uh, screenplay I wrote, just tell me what you think of it, so he reads it, and I don't know, it was probably like 30 pages of a screenplay, it wasn't even like a full screenplay, it was like an act and starting the second, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, he, he read it, I was like, okay, cool, see you later, you know, left, so I was like, okay, yeah, that's about my expectation of it, and he calls me the next day, Devin this is, and he says, hey, you know that screenplay, he's like, that was really good, like, I really liked it, he's like, I was actually pretty impressed that you could even, like, correctly write a screenplay or anything, <laughs> So he's like, how how can we like get some cameras and like shoot shoot some films, and uh, so yeah, then the, this was early 2014, and we didn't start shooting anything until around July, so it took a few months. I didn't know anything, literally did not know a single thing. I didn't know anything about cameras, you know, like mm-hmm. 
Because, like, you know, cameras are expensive, like, thousands, thousands of dollars. Like, right. cameras are shooting, like, films with, and, like, independent films are 20 grand, and they're usually rented, you know? <laughs> so, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I gotta, there's no hands-on experience with it. So, yeah, so I, I um, he's like, find a way to get cameras. So, I was like, okay. So, I start, I actually, I watched the film. That like changed it all. Like I watched, um, it was a Netflix film. I forget the name of it. It's like to the world of tomorrow, tomorrow world, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But so basically, the premise of it. It's a shitty movie. Don't go look for it. Uh, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they uh, they shot the movie in Disneyland, Disney World, but it's not like a Disney friendly movie. Like it's about this like guys there with his family and he like follows around these like teenage girls in this very like creepy pedophile sort of way mm-hmm. and everything like but i was like so i'm like how how do they shoot this you know like i was so like there's no way that disney allowed these people to shoot this <laughs> film you yeah, know like yeah. there's no way and it's all shot in disney and disney world like how so I started looking it up, like trying to find out anything I could find about this movie. It's super independent, so there's not a lot of information about it. So uh, I find eventually I find like a little article about it, and it might have been like a Wikipedia page or something. And they said like how they did it, and they had DSLR cameras, which are photography cameras. So I was like, I I know never in my life heard the term DSLR camera. Didn't know what it was. So I was like, okay, well, you know, what the fuck is this? So <laughs> I started looking it up, and, you know, they said, well, when they're shooting Disneyland, nobody knew they were actually shooting scenes because it just looked like they were taking pictures the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then it was so under the radar that Disney just basically didn't acknowledge that it existed, so that's how they got away with it. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, so I, I know started looking up dslrs youtube googling what is this you know i started seeing that they were like somewhat excuse me uh affordable and i was like oh you know you can get kind of cheap ones for like 300 dollars you know like mm-hmm. this is the route we found it you know yeah. but uh i'm fucking broke i didn't have no money you know like you know 200 bucks to my name or something you know so uh, i'm telling devin like you know if we split our money on this like man, me and devin have, are like been friends since like junior high like very like best friends for a long time so Mm -hmm. so it wasn't a lot of risk in being like oh man if i do this with this guy like i'm gonna get fucked over or something like that you know we're fully comfortable with like okay we can do this so uh yeah we bought our first camera then in uh july june i think of 2014 uh didn't know how to use it didn't know anything about it um didn't know like how to get my brother, who does like kind of all the technical stuff in mode, right? He uh, he got us like every kind of Adobe program, you know. He bought it and <laughs> yeah, yeah, got us like every kind of Adobe program you could possibly need. Um, you know, Premiere, After Effects, all of that stuff. Was that back when they like sold it? Because now it's like strictly like the monthly subscription shit. Like, yeah, it was. It was before that. Yeah, yeah, back when you could just buy it. Yeah, and you could. Yeah, and then he just got it, cracked it, and then we actually still use those cracks. So they're not really? even like the most updated versions of them. And then they actually cracked down on even more, where 
it started popping up when you would open an, any of the photoshop mm-hmm. you know audition any of them and you'd open it and it would say this is not a you know legal version of it or whatever and then I'm like shit, you know. I can't, I can't use it no more. Mm. And then he would just uninstall it and reinstall it again yeah. with the crack. So we just have everything again to go off of. But there you go. Yeah, he gave me everything. Um, we didn't have computers that could run it. Uh, we had to, you know, uh, we just got this like computer that was like in a closet at my friend's house. That so was like an engineering computer so we took it stripped it and put our stuff on there we used that for like six months probably uh i learned the camera had to learn every kind of technique filmmaking wise that you can think of um yeah editing lenses apertures frame rates you know everything shutter speeds um yeah i mean so that that was the start of it. It was me and Devin at the very, very start. Just pretty much the two of us together. Um, and all we wanted to do was make art films. Like, that was all we were really into. So, you know, we just were like, we'll make these weird little five-minute art film shorts and mm-hmm. put them on YouTube. That would be it. That would be the extent of what we do with it. But at least we'll be doing art. We're making films, you know, that look more like films. You know, it's not... Because we had actually, we had made our, our very first film, we made in 05. Uh, we were seniors in high school. And me and Devin and, like, just, like, basically my best friends, like, our group of best friends. And we shot this film. Devin just had, like, a little camcorder, like a little $90 camcorder. And we shot this whole thing on it. Zero idea what we were doing, just, you know like it would look like a skate video you know kind of thing just walking around recording it and i just followed devin around with the camera um because devin if anyone knows devin like he's he's like the big dumb animal of our group i love that guy so i say that was (laughs) the utmost love but uh yeah so we just chased him around with this camera and he was so fucking mad the whole time like (laughs) And we recorded it, and then that was our first time, like, editing something back then, you know. But, you know, it didn't look like a film at all. There was, you know, there was no story to it or structure to it or anything. It was just these Mm -hmm. little funny little bits or whatever, and probably only really funny to us, you know. So, yeah, that was the very first thing we had shot. It was, like, our first, like, even minuscule amount of experience in doing it until 2014 so it was almost a 10 year gap between doing anything with it you know we shot a couple of music videos mm-hmm. or just garbage videos you know it didn't work at all but you just give it a go you know right, <laughs> like, right. you shoot things that never come to fruition you know they never come out nobody ever sees it mm-hmm. so yeah that, that was how we initially started just me and him together just put our money together got what we could and then just built on it and built on it and built on it and learned sound and bought zooms and bought lenses upgrade the cameras to, and then got two cameras and uh yeah just meeting people and stuff like that so something that we really didn't have a lot of expectation for suddenly we were like doing all kinds of stuff with it um got a composer for it uh 
start getting on shows with the bands and stuff like that and we get invited on to shows and stuff like that it was just crazy to us like never in a million years thought we would ever be doing that you know yeah so. yes because you said it started as just well you wanting to do movies and stuff and mm -hmm. you weren't able to find anyone and then you got Devin. How long did it take, or what led to then other people jumping on board all of a sudden? Did you, like, release something that gained attention at all, or did it just uh, organically we, come together? Basically, we released one little bullshit video. Like, okay, that film that we did, film, the, the video we did in uh, 2005 was called Devin Vaughn, I Do What I Want. Which is a funny catchphrase I used to always yell, I do what I want all the time. Uh, so, yeah, so we shot that. And then in 2014, that summer, uh, we were still learning everything. So I met a guy. Sorry, I fucked it up. <laughs> I met a guy um, that I just happened to work with him, and he was coming back to like get some shit or in order for his life. But he worked in the film industry, like really worked in the film industry. Like he has like an IMDb page or like. Damn. fucking Planet of the Apes was on it and like you know all of these different films I can't even remember them now and he was an older guy so he kind of started showing me stuff like he was like he knew I was really serious about it and uh, I met him the month we bought our camera so just by how chance. did you meet him I, I worked with him oh okay, he just yeah, was yeah. like he came in and like he was just like I'm gonna work for a few months until I can get out of here and go somewhere else again so he uh he had um black magic cameras which are pretty fancy little cameras he had zeiss lenses which are very very nice expensive lenses um he brought it over and was showing me everything i was like cool you know and he shot this little thing like we shot this little commercial i would call it like a, it was a trailer but we knew we weren't gonna make a film but we called it dumb bond 2 i still do what i want it was just a told joke it was nothing you know it was like the first time I like put something into editing and like figured it out, like okay, this is how to do this, you know. Like, mm -hmm. like I hadn't, I didn't have anything to edit, so you know, like putting music into it and stuff like that. So yeah, we we did we shot that, and that was the first little thing that came out. And then uh, so we're like, yeah, we need to. And that guy that helped me, he left pretty quickly. He was back out of the picture. Uh, I don't think he was really interested in what we were doing. We were doing DIY, and this guy's coming from Hollywood, you know. Mm -hmm. like, and uh, the films he liked compared to the films we liked were nothing alike. So I should go over that real quick too. Like, like we are really into like art films, like weird, weird films, the stuff that usually when you're gonna put it on, other people don't want to watch yeah. it, you know. Like, like, I grew up watching films, like, um, my parents used to record everything off HBO, so we'd have, like, the tapes of two movies on them, and, mm -hmm. like, I pretty much had free reign to watch whatever I wanted. So I watched everything, like, all, like, just everything through the 90s action films, like, you know, that was, like, the golden era of it. I watched all that stuff. And then, uh, around 2000, um, I saw Donnie Darko for the first time, which I went to like, yeah, of course, saw Donnie Darko, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that was, like, the movie that I saw, I was like, wow, you know, like, where, like, the cinematography punched me in the face with it, you know, the soundtrack was amazing, and the, the story to it was just, like, off the fucking wall, yeah. like, you know, 
people still watch it, try to figure out what it's about, you know, it's been like 20 years almost since that came out, maybe 20 years, so yeah, I, that was the first movie, I was like, this is, this is fucking awesome right here, and uh, a couple of years before that, uh, I went through the phase of like horror films, like everybody, you know, most people that do films, a lot of times they make horror films, and stuff like that, and something never actually really done, but I went to that phase of watching all kinds of horror films, you know, I wake up every Saturday, you know, flip sci-fi on, you know, and watch whatever horror films they had on that day. Right. And, uh, so I saw Night of the Living Dead, the, the 68 version of that, and that really blew my mind, like, like, when I figured out, like, the backstory to that film, if anyone knows it, it's pretty amazing, like, the movie's not even copyrighted, that's why I see it in so many different movies, like, playing on a TV in the background, really? like, no one owns a copyright, like, wow. you could put a TV right here, and put Night Living Dead on it, and put it on YouTube, and violate no copyright laws. Why wasn't it copyrighted, dude? Uh, because they, it was a fucking goof, man, like, you know, they had they didn't think it would be anything so like it, they were basically like film school students and stuff like yeah. that um everybody worked for free on it uh the blood in it was chocolate syrup like you know like this was shot in black and white on like the lowest quality of of film and like people think oh it's old that's why i shot in black and white and, like black and white was kind of phasing out by the early 60s that came out in the late 60s so everything was going to like technicolor by that point so uh yeah it is very cheaply made movie and i loved it when i saw it i was like this is great you know learned about it even better like wow these, this was a diy film and it blew up like yeah. it really blew up so that was kind of when i was like oh man this is like i want to make films like this so yeah i went through that horror phase but now the early 2000s and that's when i saw donnie darko and uh, then I knew, okay, this is the type of film I want to make. It's like this art film. Mindbenders, we've always said that's what Moby Drake makes. Mindbenders, like, and I was like, what kind of movies you make? Comedies, you know, yeah, horror films, yeah, yeah. Uh, zombie films. I mean, that's always what it, what we get asked. Like, you make guys make zombie films? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't make zombie films. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we always just said Mindbenders. So basically, anything that was a Mindbender from that moment on was. Just, highly influencing to us anything that had interesting cinematography writing um then you start finding directors you know you kind of move up and a lot of people watch stuff by actors i don't really care about actors and films and i rarely mm. watch a movie and say oh i'm gonna go see this movie because this actor is in it i'll watch the movie by the director i don't care what genre it is or anything like this if, mm. if a particular director made the movie I want to see what he made, you know, because I know it's going to be interesting. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I saw right after Donnie Darko, then um, A Clockwork Orange, uh, and then I discovered Stanley Kubrick, who is my fucking hero like, to this day. I love Stanley Kubrick's films. They're amazing. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing that even comes close to a Stanley Kubrick movie. Like, I nothing. No directors, nobody. I mean, the dude was a genius, and a lot of people probably have never seen more than like the shining you know like mm -hmm. have seen very few of his films and he's just wonderful you know you just sit and watch every single one of his movies back to the 1950s watching his earliest stuff and seeing like how like 
raw he still was, but was doing like crazy stuff already. Like you just see, like this dude was gonna be big time, <laughs> like big time. And he's like the first director who basically the studios left alone. You know, yeah. like he did whatever he wanted to do, and nobody stepped in. Did you know nobody? No producers or anything like that stepped in, tried to, like, influence the film to be this way or that way. Like, he was, like, that first guy. I was, like, just fucking leave him alone. Like, he's right. going to make something brilliant, you know. So, yeah, I saw I saw Clockwork Orange, and that blew my mind. Um, I'd seen The Shining already before that. And I'd seen, I think, Full Metal Jacket before that as well. And then... uh and then saw 2001 Space Odyssey, and that fucking blew my mind. That's still maybe my favorite movie of all time, you know. I, mm-hmm. I love that film. Um, and it took me probably three tries to get through it, you know, before I finally yeah. watched it. And uh, I could pop it in right now and just watch it straight through, like, no problem. But it's slow. People have a hard time. You know, I mean, it's hard for me. You know, it took me a couple of tries, but once I got through it and saw the entire thing, I was like, holy fuck, you know, what was that? Like, it was so mm-hmm. good. Uh, another one of my buddies brought, Requiem for a Dream. Uh, that was one that blew my mind. Um, that's Darren Aronofsky made that film. Uh, Terry Gilliam made Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Another one just blew my mind. Like, just, I heard even the cinematography, the writing, the directing, the music, the full package of what a film should be, you know, like, mm-hmm. You know, the acting is, like, kind of at the bottom. You know, you want it to have good acting, but a really good film can make an actor who's not really that great look pretty good. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so just seeing all of these directors and then just, like, through those years, like, playing music, like, I would just watch movies and watch movies and watch movies and watch movies. You know, anyway, I mean, I would buy VHS tapes if that's all I could get them on on, like, yeah, eBay yeah. for $3. Like, I would just, anything I could find, I would watch. So, that was where, like, the art film style, like, really came from. And, you know, Devin was sitting there with me and all along watching these movies, you know, and a whole gang of other people. So, yeah, we, we really, that's where you're like, okay, this is the type of films we want to make. You know, these films that we like and nobody else really does and would do them in DIY ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And the Quad City film scene was non-existent. And no offense to anyone that might have been out there doing it at the time. But um, the few that I did know were doing stuff, I'll, um, I'm going to take a shot at them and say... Uh, They've been, I, they, they played Hollywood, you know, like we don't play Hollywood and like we make films, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever with the $10 we put into the film, like right. we're going to do our best, you know, it might show, it might not show. Hopefully it doesn't show, you know, yeah. but, you know, it's not music. You don't have the opportunity to go back and erase something and fix it. You know, you mm-hmm. shot it, you got to live with it once it's shot. There's no going back and tweaking it, you know, but like a lot of people just kind of played Hollywood, you know, it's tried to act like maybe they're famous or something or you know this was going to make them famous by doing this like you know yeah <laughs> try not to make you famous you should just like really give it your all and be humble about it more than anything mm-hmm. so uh yeah i don't think there's much of a scene at all i know there's a couple people um that were around um yeah so me and Devin kicked it off from from that point on 
I think, uh, yeah, July, we had most, uh, we had a good idea of what the fuck we were doing, you know, which we had no idea, but a good enough idea of being like, okay, we can, like, make something, so... Mm -hmm. The first thing that we had shot, I mean, you want me to fucking drag on about all that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we got time. No, not boarding you or anything. No, not at boring all. You. So, uh, yeah, we shot our first thing was uh, Barfly. Just Barfly. Long before we made the series Barfly Lounge, which uh, Barfly is a Mickey Rourke movie as well. <laughs> so we got a bunch of views on it because people thought it was a fucking Mickey Rourke film. <laughs> I didn't know it was a Mickey Rourke movie called Barfly at the time we called that. And uh, I have a, I have a bar in my basement. So like, we just were like, yeah, we're going to shoot this little thing about barflies and we're just going to edit with it. We're not going to do anything with it. It's going to be like an editing practice essentially. Mm -hmm. So we shot it with uh, just me and Devin and then my buddy shake who, basically is still doing stuff with us to this day um he came in and we're like you know we, we need somebody to shoot so i want you to be that guy okay steps in does it we shoot it barely knowing what excuse me uh what we're doing at the time um get it done and uh, edit it and then we're like hey i kind of like this you know it's like actually not that bad like yeah. we you know and it's probably really bad but you know like <laughs> at the moment you know you we felt pretty good about it so like let's just put it on youtube you know fuck it right and then uh out where we live like we live in the mercer county area this is about 20 minutes south of the qc but we consider ourselves qc for sure you know <laughs> buy our groceries in the qc you know <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we, we were just down there uh, shooting that little barfly stuff, and, and people out in the area were like, hey, that was really cool, you know, stuff like that. So uh, we shot that, and then we are gearing up to make our first film, uh, which is called A Sinister Nature. We showed at the uh, Muscatine Film Festival. We showed it there. What year was that one? That's 2014. Okay. So, yeah, we shot that. Um, we didn't even have a way to record sound at the time. There's no sound in it. Everything is sound designed. Um, everything, all the music is royalty-free, YouTube music, you know. Very early basic stuff. Uh, my best friend, Travis, was in it, who uh, was actually moving to Florida at the time and basically stuck it out with us just long enough to get the film done to leave so he I mean, he was fucking out of here i was like mm -hmm. i was like oh man we gotta get this done because he's gonna leave and then you know your actor leaves your film's over so yeah. he stuck around and helped did it uh his cousin gage hopped on and was there who also is in florida now um and then uh, his girl tamlin tinker uh was a part of it what did um, she do uh, she was the actress in it. Okay. Yeah, nice, she was yeah. the actress in it. And then uh, her boyfriend, Jeremy, was also a part of it to some degree. You know, they just kind of extra sets of hands and stuff like that. We had built a dolly at that time uh, out of PVC pipe. We still use this day skateboard wheels and a PVC pipe. Um, yeah, shot, shot with that. Um, it was just like everything is just like DIY YouTube stuff like anything we can like figure out how to make on the cheap we would do right so we shot Sinister Nature my brother did play like a role in it as like a masked person just a mind bender you know like that's what it was this weird ass film 
and uh put that out and like again a lot of people were just like hey, i'm actually like really impressed like wow you guys like again no idea how to do any cinematography you're just like completely learning everything on the go on the fly you know but uh yeah so that came out um october 2014 and uh that w would be our very first film like the very first motor direct film uh, and motor, motor direct, so I didn't say this yet, uh, motor direct stands for motivation and direction. Like, that's what it means, you know. Like, that's what it was in that moment of, like, nothing's going I nothing going on, you know. I just mm -hmm. go to work every day, come home, you know. I just really want to get into art again, you know. Like, right. you know, it keeps your mind saying, I'm sure you know how that goes. Yeah, dude. definitely. Like, it's just, like, gives you sanity to just break from the real world which i consider that the world you have to live in to eat and then <laughs> go to the real world where you do the things you really want to do with your life you know right so yeah motivation and direction that's what it felt like at that moment that's where like we had fucked around with a few names like what are you gonna call it you know and uh i was just like motive direct you know motivation this is like because when we started it's just like our motivation was at all-time high like everybody was gung-ho 100 percent. like this is awesome like awesome like we're gonna make films like yeah. and then it gave us all like a direction you know it was, you're just sort of meandering through life at the moment you know and it was like direction like th okay this is what we're doing you know so that's where the name comes from it's a short mode direct motivation direction so yeah mode direct that was that was the first mode direct film since nature we shot a second Barfly that year as well, Barfly 2, um, and uh, that was shot with uh, Gage, who I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, he hopped in, um, and it was just really one of the things I think is one of the worst things we ever shot. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, put it out and was, like, pretty disappointed with it. Like, yeah, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> and uh, that moment, though, would lead to a big moment like in the history of it we uh meet well i didn't meet him josh macias if anyone knows josh macias milky way uh i've known josh macias back to when we played in bands like uh he was a drummer in a band called on the backs of the broken um and he played with our band regularly so i knew josh from way before that and uh we'd been friends just this whole time and uh he was like really on me about composing music for it and you know he's, he's always we talk regularly you know even when he lives in washington right now and still composes everything for us you know yeah, he's yeah. always been a part of what we do so josh had been on me about like hey man let me uh let me compose the scores and i was like i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Not that I didn't have faith in him, I just was like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how it would work, and I don't know how, you know, I don't know how we would make this happen. So, uh, he, uh, I brought him, well, I brought him a script, and, uh, I sat down with him, and he was basically like, look, this is what I can do musically, and, you know, and he pulls up, like, Ableton, and he just goes crazy with it and you know he, he he knows exactly like without ever telling him like really what i wanted he could just read the scripts and see what we'd made and he knew like what i was going for you know mm -hmm. and and knowing me for a long time he knew what kind of art i was into so 
you know, very abstract, avant-garde sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, he shot, or he uh, saw that script and then just played some music for me, you know, not, not doing it to anything. He was just playing sounds, essentially soundscapes. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, really cool. So uh, I was like, yeah, no doubt you're going to compose. You know, I didn't know how long you would do it, but for that moment, I was like, you're going to do the music composition for it. So we uh, get this script together called The Great Self-Exile, uh, which came out in April of 2015. And we shot from March into April. We shot, I think it took about three days to shoot it through those two months. And um, Devin was in it as an actor. Um, Zach Evans, who did a lot of early stuff with us, was in it as an actor. Uh, Josh was in it as an actor. Um, and probably one of the bigger crews we ever had. We actually shot, so we shoot short films, and then we shoot the short, short film series is what we call it. It's like things that are like five minutes and under. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we shoot music videos and webisodes and web series and stuff like that so before we actually shot great self-exile we shot in a thing called pizza rolls and uh devin had written about three sentences on his phone and uh we knocked it out just right there that actually came out in um i think december yeah it came out in december of 2014 so we released that and uh still we didn't even have sound yet and uh it was just like this little funny little thing. If you've never seen it, it's uh, worth a watch. I think it's it's pretty comical. Um, uh, two guys are disposing of a dead body, and uh, there's no real like they're just wrapping up a dead body uh, in a trash bag, and it was just hilarious how he made it like some cushions, uh, <laughs> a pair of shoes, and a basketball, and just wrapped them. Really looks like a dead body. You know? I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're dragging this dead body out and, and basically having an argument over, like, the one guy comes in, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, help me take the trash out here, you know, it's like, obviously a dead body, and he never refers to the dead body at all, he's just like, hey, you got any pizza rolls, and the whole thing is an argument over, like, what flavor of pizza rolls the guy has, and it's like, maybe, maybe two minutes, like, and, and so, yeah, uh, we got good feedback off that, too, and more and more people are just watching it sort of like blowing our minds and I'm like wow these people are like actually watching these and we never figured we'd get you know more than three views <laughs> everything yeah. you know and mm-hmm. didn't have an expectation to do more than that so the following month in january is when we got zach came in and got involved and was in a good chunk of stuff for a couple of years um he did uh we did this one called Louis Goes to Limbo, and that was the first one to sound recorder, so it was like basic practice again. And uh, very short one. It was our first one with sound, to learn sound with that. Just one of weird mind bending things. You just thing. use boom mics? Um, in the early days, we uh, had played around with boom mics. I guess Pizza Rolls did have, was on a boom mic, and we did that one. But yeah, this is on the Zoom, so. Zoom H3, if you know what that is, like a really common recorder, um, just very high quality recorder, and uh, yeah, so you just use that, and that picks up all the sound you want, it's the spot placement of the mic, like like anything, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I started using the Zoom, and, and the whole time we're buying lenses and stuff like that, always upgrading, all, all, through this 
whole bullshit spiel I'm giving. Like, we're always, like, upgrading stuff, always looking for new new lenses and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so we shot those. Those came out as part of the short short series. Those were, like, the first two things we shot. And then we're like, okay, this will be a different kind of series or whatever. Like, maybe four of us might work on it or whatever on any day. Like, a Saturday comes up. Like, I'm bored. I'm bored, too. Let's shoot something. All right, you know, mm-hmm. just knock something out. So Great Self Exile was like, okay, we're going to shoot our second film, you know, second yeah. short film. So, yeah, get Zach and Devin and uh, uh, Josh all a part of it. We shoot it. Um, it's finished. Uh, that showed at Musk Team Film Festival as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I go. Josh is composing for the very first time ever. And uh, Eric Murphy, Earl Hem, he comes through and, uh, you know, just shows up while we're, you know, getting the, the music done for it and just chills and hangs out. And, mm-hmm. like, he's just like, this is cool, you know, like, super impressed with the whole thing. And, and uh, you know, this, and Eric went to film school, if you don't know. Like, he went to film school in Chicago. So, like, he, he has, like, he knows about film, obviously does music and, uh, he had his own Zoom, his own camera, and all this stuff. So he was, like, right in the cut with what we were already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second Barfly, going back to that, was, um, like, had, like, wrestling references to it. Like, late 90s wrestling references. And uh, if you know Eric, you know that he's a giant wrestling fan. So, uh, I, you know, I hated Barfly 2, and Eric saw it and absolutely fucking died laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing because he got every stupid little wrestling reference that was in there. Like, he knew he knew them all. So, uh, yeah, he liked it and was just like, ah, yeah, I think what you guys do is cool. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you're invited, you know. Like, if anything, is an art collector. So anyone that wanted to do anything at any time on any film ever through the history of it could step in and step right back out if they wanted to. If they didn't like it, didn't have fun, wasn't their thing. And some people have come, saved for a long time, then left. Some people have came, left, came back again, you know. Just that's what it's open door, you know. We're not a gang or, you know, a group or <laughs> You're anything in for like life. That, you know, right? You can't yeah, fucking like, leave. If you want to be able to do this, if you have the time to nobody do Nobody ever it, leaves. Yeah, and nobody leaves once you're in, you know. You got to get a tattoo on your forehead and everything, yeah. so. So, yeah, Eric came out after Great Self-Exile had come out, and then uh, we shot another film right after that so 2015 was the year where like we went crazy with shooting like we shot every month we would shoot a short film like a 15 minute short film if anyone's ever tried to shoot a short film you know that shooting a 15 minute short film in two days is a shitload and, and probably reflects in the quality of the films they're <laughs> making but we were just so motivated at that time and uh so we shot so we had seen a film some people might have seen um it's called rubber uh you ever seen rubber i haven't seen it, but it's about like the tire (laughs) does it kill people or something it's a tire that is a sentient tire that rolls around the desert and (laughs) blows stuff up with its mind (laughs) so uh yeah so we got rubber uh we see rubber and like uh and we're like we thought it was just brilliant like this is fucking brilliant right here uh it's made by a guy named quentin dupuis uh, who's a musician, really, he's a French musician. Uh, 
and he he's made a couple of films and we I, we kind of once i think once i find a director and i think it's interesting i watch all of their shit within like a day or two like their entire filmography so i watch the rest of the stuff and he makes these films based on the opening scene of rubber this guy climbs out of a trunk and gets out and and goes in this whole spiel about making films for no reason like and sort of on the comedy edge i guess but so just like mind benders and surreal and all this stuff and uh yeah so we were like rubber's hilarious people hate rubber like across the board like people <laughs> fucking hate that movie and uh i i just appreciated it so much i mean even some of the guys in modrek like this is a stupid fucking movie <laughs> like <laughs> i love it i know so good um uh so we were like let's make something that crosses like Quentin Dupuis sort of like ideas of like no reason, you know, this whole thing is no reason. Let's take no reason and mix that with uh, another film that's kind of like an underground classic called Gummo. And uh, Gummo's like, it's a pretty famous little movie that nobody really knows about. People that know about it never forget it. <laughs> like, it's, it's very, made very cheaply looking. Uh, it has really no story really i guess it would be like uh like a what you would think of how a story should go you know your your five acts one two three four five like right through and this happens and this happens and this makes this happen you know kind of thing he doesn't really use that style so and his films are like really grimy looking and there's a scene where this little boy is in a bathtub in the water. It's, like, fucking gray. And uh, he's eating spaghetti in this bathtub. And, like, it literally only, I mean, it almost makes you sick to your stomach when you're looking. It's just fucking disgusting looking. <laughs> like, it, and his films, the whole film is like this. And so uh, that director is Harmony Corrine, who's a big film that he made uh, years later was uh, Spring Breakers with uh, James Franco. Uh, it's not that old, but yeah, that was kind of his coming out party now, but yeah, he's been around for a really, really long time. Uh, if you haven't seen Gummo, uh, you should smoke some weed and watch that, (laughs) have a a good time. So yeah, we were like, let's take something that's like Gummo and mix it with like this no reason Quentin Dupuis style. So we made a film called One Two Left Shoe and, uh, just, it's just totally ridiculous, um. A guy at the beginning loses his left shoe and then uh, basically walks around for the entire film asking all of these random people who are doing random things through it. Uh, everyone's doing something that's totally different. Uh, my buddy Stefan, who's the one who gave me all the recording gear way back in the day, uh, he, he was there and he has a hilarious character in it uh, where he runs around and, um, like, I think it's like green and orange, like workout stuff or whatever. He's in the military, so he's pretty fit. And, and every single scene, I think, in the film, he at least runs through it if he doesn't stop and say something like motivationally stupid in it. And uh, Austin Stone came in for the first time. Austin Stone still works with us, very uh, important part of, of the crew, of the gang. <laughs> Yeah, Austin came in. That was his first thing. He worked on with us. Uh, I think his scene, he's just uh, rolling, rolling a bowling alley down the street. And it's just rolling a bowling alley. And, you, you know, the main character says, you see my left shoe? Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing, the entire film. 
So, uh, yeah, we shot that, put it together. Uh, Eric Murphy came out. That was his first thing he shot with us. Um, and he was just hilarious. And, I mean, we, like, immediately connected with Eric, and it was seamless, you know. Um, Josh was there for that. He he was in that film, too. Uh, just about everybody was in that film. Like, when, when we did that film... Everybody came up with their own characters as well. Like a lot of what everything we do is very collaborative. So um, we might write a script, but almost everybody, it's up to them what they want to do, how they want to dress, how they want to make the character seem. You know, we might give them like, okay, we kind of need to go in this way. But other than that, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like what what would be fun for you to do? Because we want it to be fun for everybody and not just come out and mm-hmm. be bossed around the entire time and have people be able to be like self-expressive with the characters and stuff so so we get one two left shoe done which does not hold up well but uh you can, you can probably get a good look at just about everybody that worked in it that's one of the only times i've ever done anything in a film like you you pretty much never see my face in the films uh i almost pretty much never do anything in them uh i like cinematography uh that's what i like to do i like playing with the cameras and stuff like that so that was one of the first characters I ever played was in that I'm sitting on a toilet. Um, it was a food tray in front of me with a peanut butter sandwich with Swiss on it. And then we took water and dumped um, uh, uh, hot cocoa powder into it. So the water is fucking like brownish gray looking. Yeah. And I'm sitting on this toilet, you know, and I pulled all my pants up like around my ass as much as I could. So... And I'm just eating this sandwich, and food's falling out of my mouth. And I put the scene off all day. Like, I was trying to basically get out of even doing it. And uh, I was like, come on, you know, get in there and do it. I was like, okay, fuck. I sat and did it. And a lot of people said it was, like, one of their favorite scenes from it. Um, Shake, every once in a while, does outtake reels of the stuff, you know, like, Mm -hmm. the the behind-the-scenes stuff. And... Was, if you watch the first outtake reel, you can see a bunch of the stuff from, like, how long it took us to shoot that one little tiny scene. And, and fucking, I saw, like, Borat in it. And yeah. <laughs> and I'm just hammering this peanut butter into a sandwich, and everybody's just, like, gross the fuck out. And, <laughs> and I got sunburned from shooting all day that day, so I'm, like, super sunburned. I'm fucking <laughs> chugging this fucking water with cocoa powder in it and fucking, like... I got like a roll of toilet paper on this like food tray that's in front of me and it's fucking ridiculous so yeah we shot that and then uh so that came out in may of 2015 in june of 2015 was the first juntopia and uh that was sort of like when a lot of stuff changed it was like what we were doing just fucking off making these films and uh Eric was Eric Murphy sets up Juntopia runs it and uh he was like yeah he's like why don't you guys come you know be on Juntopia and we were like what <laughs> like, mm-hmm. huh? like how like how would you even show the film I don't understand so it was at Roz Talks that year was that the first time you were a part of uh, on a show or would you yeah that's the first time that was the first ever one? did okay. show ever i was trying to remember like how i found out about you guys yeah and that I, know, was probably, I know it was yeah. through eric i believe because yeah, yeah. you guys were on that show yeah i know because yeah, i so, have footage of you guys yeah, yeah. at that show yeah so i wonder if i knew about you guys before that show or if that was my that was probably the first, first time, time yeah, yeah 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 hell yeah 
But yep, that yeah, let's say because we shot a bunch of stuff that I know for sure. Yes, opening the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I remember you, um, Ishmael performed with you guys. Uh, yeah, uh, there's two more with you for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember it super well, but yeah, I have the footage of you if you ever want to see it. Hell I definitely yeah. have it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, backlog all your shit. Everything's on catalog now. Yeah, everything's in catalog now. <laughs> I, I got a lot more bands, musicians, and probably know that I actually have like lots of footage of people performing and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Eric was like, you know, come down, just shoot with your cameras, and just pick up footage, and you know, have the event, you know, like capture it and stuff like that. So we're like, yeah, cool. You know, we're really stoked on being invited to it, and like. And so we never thought in a million years we'd do anything else more than slap it on YouTube, move on to the next creative thing that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, fucking Eric puts us on, and he lets to Great Self Exile and One Two Left Shoe. Both showed that Juntopia for sure, maybe another, but for sure those two. Um, yeah, so we shot those. So that that was a big changing point. I want to say. We started working on the feature-length film um, after uh, that same month in June, after Juntopia, or right before Juntopia, I think. Maybe that's 2016. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long time. Lots of fucking films now. I'm trying to think of what else we had shot that year. So you basically we're doing like one a month and shit. Basically that that year we did like one a month. Like we were just cranking them out, man. Like just like the, and you know, there's just a million ideas in your head. You know, for me, like I've been wanting to make film service. There's a thousand ideas yeah, already in my head. You know? I was like, how can you know? And you know, just taking the ideas and bending them to be made on you know almost no money every time and and you know always like you know every time we get. A little bit of money saved up, you know. We just buy something new, you know. Right. Buy yeah. another piece of gear that can help us, you know. Definitely. And you'll see it if you were to watch like our catalog from the beginning to like the newest stuff. Like you'll just see like how the gear changes over the years and and learning for sure. You know, always learning. Man, that line of work, man, is how it is. It's yeah. just a lot of fucking learning. Yeah. Well, I think with anything, too. Anything yeah, you do yeah, artistically, yeah. for sure. But even just, like, man, like, if you just want to buy, like, one lens, it's, like, that's a shit Oh, it's a money, shit you know? Money. And, man. like, the cameras come with the lens, and we immediately would just, like, people that buy DSLRs and take pictures with them, you know, they just keep that kit lens that comes with it, and we would get new cameras and then take the kit lens and immediately fucking sell it to get some more money back to buy another lens. Right. Because, like, yeah, aperture is definitely, like, one of the most important things when you're buying a lens, and your kit lens goes to about a 3.6, which is, uh, just, like, shit. Like, like a 1.8 or something. 1.8 1.8 is really good yeah, yeah. I, I, it really only goes to 1.4 so like 1.4 is the lowest you can get we have multiple like 1.8 so everything we get we don't go below a 2.8 like if anything's under a 2.8 we don't buy it like mm-hmm. it's just like is it won't shoot well in low light if anyone doesn't know what an aperture is it's what allows you to shoot in very low light and the kit came with what three the kit came with a three six almost three, all six. kits come with a three six when you yeah. just buy it like off amazon you know so. yeah man it's just like just like are you guys just doing it like yeah 
as, as just as you can afford it. Oh, trying to oh, get yeah. new gear. Yeah, man, I feel you. I know how that is, man. Yeah, so we, much stuff yeah, over the years, just compiling this. Compiled fucking... it, yep, all <laughs> yeah. over the years. I mean, building somewhere, an empire. Somewhere around this time, my brother built a computer. He knows how to build a computer, so he built basically what would be the equivalent of a gaming computer if somebody was like gamed a lot on PC. Like it's basically a gaming computer because he knows how to build computers. He built it for like $500, but I mean, if you were to buy, it'd be thousands of dollars. Yeah. So he bought it and we strictly use it for filmmaking. We use it for nothing else. Like he just sits there and waits for films right. and, and that studio gear select over from way back in the day. So I was able to get like nice speakers hooked up to it and everything else. So oh, yeah. it was actually like, taking old gear that I was hardly using and everything, you know, I have mics like this and everything, so, mm -hmm. you know, I was taking all of that gear and just mixing that with the computer gear and, and just always learning, learning color grading. Um, if anybody out there um, wants to get into filmmaking, uh, there's a film series, it used to be on Netflix, not there anymore, it's called uh, The Story of Film, an Odyssey, or it's an Odyssey, Story of Film, one is either way, but... Um, As a series? It's a whole series, and uh, I think I think it's like 15 episodes of it, and it starts from the very beginning of the film, uh, film, and goes all the way up to 2015, Shit. and uh, gives you a whole just the entire history of film. But more than anything, it um, will like it's basically just this guy, and he shows you all these films. I mean, from all around the world. I mean, foreign films, everything, every sort of. Uh, film movement from the French New Wave to, you know, New American Hollywood to, you know, the Japanese golden era of, like, Akira Kurosawa making fucking, you know, the samurai films and just everything, everything. The noir, you know, period from, like, the 40s through the 50s um, that, you know, people are still copying that, making neo-noir now and stuff like that. So very popular, kind of coming back and but the whole thing is just like here's a shot and he shows you a shot like look at this look at the lighting in this look how he did this and then goes the next thing what was look. it called uh, it's called I think it's called Film Odyssey that's I'm pretty, pretty sure that's the yeah, name I gotta it. check that out myself it, it's wonderful <laughs> dude I mean it's just this Irish guy and he knows his shit and uh, I watch that I've watched it five five times at least I mean I've all 15 episodes every episode's an hour long so it's like 15 hours and I've watched it at least five times. Like it's a great way to learn uh, cinematography in particular. Like you really see like he'll just tell you like this. This is how Orson Welles used uh, deep space in this scene. See how he has mm. the guy here and the guy here, and see how the lights. You know, he put the lights here to make it look this way, and it brings nice. out this emotion and mood in you. And I mean, fuck, man, you don't even need film school if you got that thing, <laughs> dude. Like yeah, you really don't. It's fucking mind blowing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, that taught me a lot through that as well. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else we had made through 2015. We just kept shooting stuff and shooting stuff. Because um, you did the Barfly web yeah, series version. That would have been in 2017. Because we actually have not released anything in 2019 yet, so... So in 2018, we put out uh, two films. One had been shot in 2017. 
we put out one of the uh, another mini series in 2018 and so 2017 I believe from 2016 to 2017 that winter we shot uh, Barfly Bombs um, so 2016 I'm going to pull up the records and verify yeah, don't want to be saying shit the wrong way <laughs> or be leaving important stuff out not that anyone cares, but <laughs> yes, definitive discography. Out. We're going over videography here. Yeah, right, man. Get it down. Let me find my own my own shit. Just so you guys know, I, I know I never watched my own shit, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you just release it and forget on to the next. You know, and when you know how you make music and stuff like that and you make it and then never want to see it again <laughs> yeah you know, it's like oh that's my old stuff again. yeah you Don't definitely almost never want to see the old yeah. stuff and somebody's like oh let me check this out it's like mm, no <laughs> it's like check out my new stuff I'm like well, not that stuff but you just released it last week ah, that's my old stuff <laughs> okay so okay so after one two last shoe we made the film that we had the most success on we shot in October. So in the Quad Cities, they had a film festival called um, the QC 7-Day Film Festival. That's what it's called, QC 7-Day Film Festival. They don't run it anymore, which is a shame because it's a really cool film festival. Who put that on? Um, Brandon Gale. Brandon Gale put it on. So you guys just should start a film fest. <laughs> I know. I um. I'll get into that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we shot... So, you had seven days to shoot a film. So, we had an idea already. You know, just millions of ideas. So, we already had the idea of what we were going to do next. Um, uh, this this girl had given Devin a box of uh, graduation gowns. An entire box of them. So, we were like, oh, man, what can we do with these? You know? So, we are like, let's make something with, like... You know, these people always are in these graduation gowns, but it shows them, you know, going through life. But they always have the graduation gown on, yeah. you know. From so it's kind of like from the moment they graduate through the hardships and you know the reality of life. So we had the gowns. We go to the festival. You know, we already kind of had an idea, and he uh, said, "Yeah, it's got to be a twenty-minute film." So we were like, "Shit." We had an idea for like maybe a five minute film with these gowns, so we're like okay, we're gonna turn it into a twenty minute film. Uh, Eric, Eric was one of the actors in it. Devin was one of the actors in it, and Shake was one of the actors in it. We had to pick all of them because we had this idea where they would all have beards at at the end of the film. So the mm-hmm. easiest way to do that is to have the beards at the beginning of the film, and then shave them as you go on through the day. We shot it one day. Um, Cause, you know, it's seven days and everyone's going to fucking work, five of them. <laughs> so, yeah, right. You know, so it was like, okay, we got essentially two days to get this entire thing done, 20-minute film at that. So, um, yeah, this film, they, so we shot it in reverse and, like, but in the chronological order, they're all clean-shaven and they just got out of high school and they're all holding their diplomas and they're, you know, talking about how, you know, they got their whole lives ahead of them, you know, and, and everything is going to be great from here on out. And then, and then it cuts to them all 
basically attacking their dreams and stuff that, and it's kind of broken up into three sections so the the second section then is them doing their their dreams and uh one wants to be a painter uh eric wants to be a dancer <laughs> and shake wants to be a writer so they're all like you know going through this and he sort of shows them all doing these things but uh you know shake has bill collectors calling him <laughs> and uh, uh eric's working in like a dead-end restaurant job and uh devin is wants to be a painter but uh you know he has an eviction notice at his house so you know life starts to come into place and stuff like that so um you know, then, then it kind of goes into them all having the jobs and stuff like that. Um, Devin was painting, and then he's fucking uh, doing lawn care. <laughs> and uh, and Shake is a mechanic trying to put a car together. And the whole time, they got these fucking gowns on with the fucking <laughs> hats and everything. Their, their facial hair is getting longer as each, like, part of the film, you know, extends. So, you know, they're clean-shaven to a goatee to scrubs, you know, scraggly looking hair. And, and, uh, you know, Eric was in the, the dead end restaurant job at that point. And then, uh, you know, and they're all kind of reflecting on what they wanted to do. And then by the fourth, well, I guess it would be the third actual sequence of the film. It's, um, like just sitting in this house. We use, uh, this buddy's house is, this house is fucked up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just a mess. Like we can just think of like a, a bachelor dude living in like right. there's just trash everywhere and cigarette butts and you know no hating on the guy but like nobody wants to sit down in this house and everything and uh but he knew i was sitting in there he was just totally into it and uh yeah the house is all fucked up and all at this point was the beginning so the first shot we shot the whole day was the last scene in the film, so they all had just the worst-looking facial hair, like, just giant beards, and, and fucking, they're sitting in there, and they got the gowns kind of open now, and, like, uh, cigarettes hanging out of their mouth and holding beer bottles and, like, talking about where, like, life had gone wrong and stuff like that. So we show that film at, uh, at the QC Seven Day Festival, the other three filmmakers were Jeremy Wernley, who uh, we collaborated with many times after we met him there. Um, Jeff Hyman showed a film there, and a guy named Christopher showed a film there. It's out in Colorado now somewhere. And, uh, yeah, I think we sort of had a leg up on a lot of the other people. Uh, some of them were shooting their first films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not a way to shoot your first film is that yeah. all these regulations and it has to be 20 minutes long. You know, it's a long time. Yeah. We showed that at the establishment in Rock Island, which is a awesome, like, theater, very, very nice place. If, you, if you've never been there, it's fucking awesome. Uh, I wish they did more film there because they don't really, they pretty much just do, like, comedy sports down there. That's about mm-hmm. it. But it's a great place if they were to show more films there. So, yeah, you have... um best um you know best film as voted on by the judges and then you know there's all the actor awards and then there was um there was a fan favorite which is voted so we lost by we lost jeremy warnley in um the judges vote and then uh 
and which we talked to Brandon Gale the next year when he was trying to get the film festival together, but was unable to. And he said it was literally that close between who was going to win it between our two films. Mm. And uh, he said that, uh, had we not had so much cursing in our shit, <laughs> that we we probably would have won. Um, but Jeremy made a great film. and Goddamn uh, bastards. I know, right? What the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, and, uh, yeah, so, but then the fan favorite war, award, um, everyone in the whole building voted, and, you know, there was a lot of people there. It was really cool. It was, like, a packed place just for film, you know? It's pretty rare. If you're in a packed place, you're usually not there for the film, you're there for the bands or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. artists, but, uh, yeah, so we won that award, the fan favorite award, which was really cool. You know, it was actually almost better to win that than it was to win um best film you know uh just because we thought the people there that watched it you know they they picked us to win it so yeah you know it was in their hands you know so definitely we were really stoked on that to have won that um it was our first film festival um right after that we shot um or we went to the muscatine film festival and uh we had three films show there. Yeah, we had one, two left shoes, a great self exile, and a sister nature. All had been signed up before we ever even made pointless. And uh Yeah, I didn't really enjoy that film festival. Um there was all these like different blocks and there was like really nobody there and then the uh the award section of it was pretty much like basically the group of friends that put it on <laughs> mm. and it was just all their films and then we had one film in there and then they didn't let us even speak at uh like everyone got to go up and like you know talk about the film after they showed it <laughs> we didn't even weren't even allowed to go up what? to speak on the film yeah why i don't know they play hollywood man yeah. <laughs> They were playing Hollywood out there. They actually had this big banner, and everyone would go stand in front of it, and it, you know, like had that movie the, the walk, yeah, the, the, yeah, the red carpet walk, and just just like in a hallway, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and everyone's taking pictures and then shit. And we show up, and you know, we're a scruffy looking bunch, you know for sure. And uh, we just hop in there, you know. And, I remember it was two days long and the second day we went in and we actually got stopped at the door you know and we have we have badges and everything like that and we get stopped at the door like who are you guys and we had the most films in the festival we had three films showing in it you know so yeah and that and those film blocks all day long and they're basically people from all around the world that had put films in and uh, there was a film from India in there it was fucking incredible I mean, it was easily the best film there. Like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. Like, this film was like, undoubtedly the winner. Like, yeah. like this film is the one that should win. I mean, it wasn't even in the running for like to be, to be put into the award round or whatever the fuck it was. You know, I was like, the, <laughs> it's like the film that hands down. I mean, when I saw this film, I was like, our shit should be gold right now. Like, <laughs> this is this is really good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a joke of a film festival. Hmm. So we did that in early November of 2015. In late November 2015, uh, Jeremy Wormley, who had won the QC Seven Day Festival, put his own fe film festival on called the Cannes Film Festival, which 
Everyone knows Cannes Film Festival is like a real festival. It's in Italy or it's in France. It's one of the two. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, he put on the Cannes Film Festival, but his was just C-A-N-S, like Cannes. And uh, it was all donation and you brought, it was a food drive and stuff like that, which is, that's much more of what we're interested in. And um, it was a lot of the same films that had been at QC7 Day shows, so we showed Pointless. And then uh, we won Best Film at nice. that. We won't, yeah. I don't know if he's just being nice and letting us win or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. So we won uh, Best Film at that. And uh, Eric had gotten Best Actor added as well and stuff like that. Nice. It was really cool. It was, a, it was much more. I actually was hoping to start that festival up again with with Jeremy's blessing to start the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, anything that we've ever done in terms of us setting up an event, it's always been free and it's all been donation. Like mm-hmm. uh, We had a food drive and clothing drive just in um, November. We had a clothing drive at, at that event in Moline. So anything that we do like that is that's my preference. Um, I also don't like back to your point of putting on the film festivals like I don't really like to uh, to compete mm-hmm. and uh, because when you compete you're sort of you should be there networking and you just make it like a film showcase or exactly something, you, know? yeah. you should bring your films and show them and then try to like raise things to donate and everything like that you know um, if, otherwise it becomes competitive yeah, yeah you don't want to talk to the other guy because he's your competition <laughs> or whatever you know and that that's the worst way to go about it you right know? this is a, this is not a big enough film community here there's almost a non-existent film community here. <laughs> trying to grow this community not yeah. fucking shut it so down you get the, the two filmmakers here and make them face off you know <laughs> like what the fuck you know it doesn't make any sense to me so and no offense to Brandon because he put on a great film festival like he did it was really good so but yeah, I would like to do the Cannes Festival again and, and just showcase films by anyone that's got a film. Bring your film. You can show it. Help promote it. Let's get food drive going. Let's get food in here. Donate it. Shit like that. You know, that's what we should do for it. Oh, you know? yeah. That'd be and fucking Forget awesome. about making any money on it or anything like that. You know, I'm not playing Hollywood out here. You know, <laughs> help out in the community and shit like that. Give back, you know. Right, so. Right. so yeah, we. That that's been our most watched film and all of that that we made is pointless. Um, Great Self Exile got onto um, like you know if you know what like a Roku app is like a smart TV. Um, mm-hmm. There's a channel on there called uh, Inc. Independent Network Channel, and uh, the Great Self Exile has been on that nice. for a long time. Um, I haven't looked at that channel in a while. It's pretty, it's pretty goofy. Like we're supposed to make like residuals on like ads and stuff. It was my check? Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. It's it's pretty much a joke. Like uh, my brother, being the computer whiz that he is, um, went and looked up. You know, you gotta send all the stuff to like an address or whatever. So he fucking Google Google mapped the address for Street View. He's like, dude, this is some fucking apartment building in like Tennessee. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay, you know. So yeah, it's kind of a joke. I, I don't know. I don't know what's on there. I don't know if it's still going or not, but mm. I know the channel's still there, so but yeah, it was so great stuff like Zal was on there. Um 
so yeah that that was pretty much 2015 that's what we did through that year um in the 2016 the years are going by fast how to remember yeah man. fucking it <laughs> um yeah, so actually, we had also released another short, short film called HAL 360, which was uh, a 2001 A Space Odyssey, like, tribute video sort of thing. Like, yeah. And it was about, like, an Xbox 360 that, like, <laughs> if anyone's ever seen 2001, there's a character named HAL, who is, uh, like, the on ship's onboard uh, AI and... Uh, he pretty much try. He pretty much tries to murder the crew in it. So uh, sorry, spoilers, but you should watch anyways. Lots more after that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, how three sixty was like the same idea. His Xbox starts talking to uh, the character. Shake was playing the character, and he's like got the headphones on, starts talking to him. I actually did the voice for it, and I did as close to the actual how as I could, and. And we had a broken PlayStation 3. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the the how the Xbox tells him to to go and basically smash his PlayStation 3 up. So he's outside with an axe, like, breaking <laughs> his PlayStation 3. And um, there's a band called Symmetry. Uh, Symmetry made a... Uh, you ever seen the film Drive? It was Ryan Gosling? Uh, I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, uh, well... Um, the guy, his name is Johnny Jewell, and he's a composer, and, uh, he did, like, he's in tons of different groups, Chromatics and, um, Glass Candy and lots of different stuff, but, uh, he's, he's composing for lots of people now at this point, uh, I hear his stuff all the time, I just saw a film not that long ago, he had a bunch of music on there, uh, he has a label called Italians Do It Better Music, and, uh, the, uh, Portland, and uh, yeah, so when the when Drive was coming out, he made an entire soundtrack for Drive. They didn't use the soundtrack, and uh, they used a lot of his music, but didn't use that particular soundtrack. So the group Symmetry, that's who made the soundtrack. Um, they released it as uh, it was titled "Themes for an Imaginary Film." and released it and like it, it's just like i don't know it's like two discs long or something mm. it was like it, just a shitload of songs from it and everything and uh i love it like it's like really like a great it's like a synth pop sort of thing to it so we actually contacted them and asked if we could use a track you know of theirs and surprisingly they got right back to us and said absolutely yes go ahead so (laughs) so we got to use uh their song and uh uh, put it in the film and stuff like that so it's one of the only times we moved outside of josh on any any music we've only done that a couple times josh has always this whole time been making all the the scores or everything still doing it to this day so he's been there for a long long time now um so yeah, we released that, and that was like a Halloween sort of thing. Like put it out with Halloween, and then um, yeah, in the 2016, we made a film called Day 19. We shot in Moline. We got in a spot, and it was kind of meant to be like one of the first films we were gonna make into multiple films. Like you know, so it's like the apocalypse happens of sorts. We don't really explain it, you know. Um, there's no explanation, but everybody's in like a FEMA camp kind of a room and everything's shot in one single room and uh it's just a shitload of people we called and they came down and were in the film and 
And, uh, yeah, so it was supposed to be, like, this the 19th day after, you know, everyone's been moving to Phoenix again. Martial law has been imposed. Mm -hmm. And then the idea was that we would shoot more, like, you know, day 79, day 150. You know, we'd keep making them, you know, and try to follow certain characters from it because we established, like, five characters out of it. Mm -hmm. And we'd sort of follow their, their stories and stuff like that through, you know, the world. And we had some locations, some like like a junkyard was one that we were setting out to shoot another one of the films, and you know one of the characters would be there living now farther down and and stuff like that. But uh, it, I was way over my head doing that film. Like you know, it was a big film with a lot of people and a, a lot of characters, and and I think uh, nine people wrote on it. I let everybody write basically their own dialogue and everything else to it and mm -hmm. the exact character they wanted to play and everything uh yeah it's, it's not one of my favorite films it was a tough film to make and sort of killed the plans on doing anymore after that so mm -hmm. when you watch it, it's kind of like hey it sort of just drops off at the end it's kind of meant to be like a cliffhanger to make sequels to or prequels even you know just to right. expand on the world but it didn't really work. It didn't really work the way you'd hope, so you just sort of bail on it, move to the next thing, and, mm -hmm. and that's what we did. But, uh, yeah, all these on YouTube, too, on our YouTube channel, if you guys want to check anything out. Um, after that, we did a film called To Stardust We Returned. We shot in July of 2016. Uh, that was for um, a film festival that Richard Linklater was putting on. Richard Linklater made films like Dazed and Confused and um, Slacker and just ton, tons tons of film. Bad News Bears, School of Rock. <laughs> like, just, uh, Scanner Darkly, which is Ooh, yeah. probably one of my favorite films of all time. That movie's time. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of my favorite films for sure. Um, so Richard Linklater put on a film festival and uh, anyone could you know, put films into it. So we shot this film called To Stardust We Return and uh in uh they had NASA opened up their library of stock footage and basically you could use all on any of that stock footage and put it into your film. So that was like kind of the idea of it was like, you know, early man and then like the space footage and then a guy writing a story in the middle of it austin stone was the guy writing the story and uh, so he's like writing a novel and then it has to do with like basically time from the beginning of man to you know into space travel you know stuff like that mm -hmm. so that was a part of the short short film series um it did not get accepted or anything like that but uh, i do think it's a cool little film that we made you know sign anything big or anything like that and you shot it in a day with was four people and then austin came later in the day so it was a fifth person so yeah five people we made that with and so everything camera sounds absolutely every last thing of it so yeah this is a film that i i thought was pretty good um but yeah it was hard to get anything into festivals like that yeah uh, after that, and um, I think maybe even still in July, we shot the sequel to One Two Left Shoe called Three Four Feature Door, and uh, brought back a lot of the same characters and stuff like that, and uh, just went more into like the Left Shoe, like how Left Shoes become sentient and uh, are basically trying to murder 
the wearers of the left shoes. <laughs> it's totally fucking ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, so we did that, and then, um, I, we might have shown, I think we showed, yeah, we showed that at, um, uh, event at Ross Talks, um, that Eric put on right after the Trump election, so it was, like, the pre-hangover, or is the post-hangover election show mm-hmm. or something like that, and we showed that there. That's a film that we all kind of, after we did it, we're like, I don't think we're gonna make any more of these. <laughs> it, was just, it was a lot of work, and uh, it started to kill on the quality a little bit. So, mm-hmm. sort of bailed on that one. And uh, but there are some really funny parts and stuff like that. I had to redo my character from before in it, but uh, it was not nearly as good and felt much more forced than <laughs> doing it off the top of my head. But some people in it did just awesome characters and were really funny and did a really good job on it. But yeah, we sort of all talked about it, I don't know, a year later, and we are just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do that again, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, after that is when, uh, that November is when we started uh, the Bar 5 Lounge series, which was five episodes. Our first time doing a series, wrote five episodes, you know, plotted it all out. You were in there, you came and did an episode. Yes, Thank you, sir. Yes, like, oh. uh trying to get much fun anyone <laughs> and uh yeah like so we just had all these established characters of, yeah it was went back to the original bar fly we like established the one character and uh oh shakes character murphy lanchester and murphy lanchester basically returns he's basically scanning everybody all the bar flies in this bar and uh he's like writing this fucking book you know, like a conspiracy book, but he knows it's a bullshit conspiracy book when he's trying to talk everybody else into it that, you know, it's called, like, Gods of the Moon and it's about, like, you know, you're just ancient alien ideas, you know, like that yeah. shit. So he's just, like, wrote this fake book and he's trying to get everybody on board with them and they're basically cheating people out of, like, like they hire a guy to be a webmaster. And it, it didn't really, like, get a lot of views on it. Um... It, you know, I don't usually care too much about views when you're doing a web series and you see the views dropping. You can tell people, less and less people are actually watching it through. But uh, I think it's actually pretty, pretty funny. Like, there's a lot of funny stuff in it. We don't usually do, like, comedy at all because mm-hmm. it's such a hard genre to do. Everybody thinks different things are funny, you know? <laughs> so, right. you know, you watch short films all the time on youtube and it's a comedy and then you watch it and you're like this isn't funny <laughs> you know, like, but it's funny those people because like inside jokes to them or you yeah, know. right yeah so we don't usually like to do comedy but this one was like a comedy mostly um and yeah it just you know escalates all the way through five episodes and i thought it was written pretty well and stuff like that and, mm-hmm. and did a good job of moving through the five episodes that we had different artists on uh every single episode we had we had a different artist go um sister wife was in an episode and uh austin stone did a stand-up comedy in an episode hell yeah and you know they're all and they're all doing it in these characters eric uh murphy played a janitor who worked for stage time he didn't work for money he worked for stage time and uh would go up there with his keyboard and just like play these songs just like on the go and like they're fucking hilarious like he was <laughs> so funny and all of them and 
so yeah we did that and like i said didn't do super well we we did show it um this the summer after uh christoph crane came here i don't know if you remember that when christoph crane was at um shit can't think of the name of that venue Skellington Manor. Mm. There's that Skellington Manor. So, um, like, before the show actually started and all the artists were on the show, uh, we showed all five episodes of Butterfly Lounge before that. But, yeah. I think it kind of holds up well. I think if people went back and watch it now, I think they would get more out of it. And probably when we were releasing it one episode at a time, I think it was hard to follow. Like, what the fuck is this going? You know, (laughs) like, what is happening here? But... Once you see it all the way through, our buddy Jason Sandberg, um, who doesn't really act with us, was a very good. It's like Devin's childhood friend. Um, you know, he was in it. He played the webmaster. Jason's very like gruff, and got a lot of tattoos and stuff like that. And I mean, a lot of people think he's like this very intimidating-looking person. He's just really chill, laid-back guy. But you know, first impressions, people think like you know he's gonna beat you up or something like that. So. So we had him be the webmaster, so he's, like, wearing, like, these huge, thick glasses. He literally couldn't see out of He's wearing, like, a white shirt and, like, a tie and everything. But then we made him talk like a thug through the entire thing. So, yeah. so he's in there, like, where the fuck's my money at? <laughs> he's just dressed up so fucking hilariously stupid. And, like, and he was great. He was, like, the best actor in the entire thing. And, and I mean, he was really squeezing in time to make it happen. But he was, he was fucking great in it. So, yeah, if anyone wants to go check that out, like, I, I think it holds up pretty well and didn't get much attention when we made it, but, uh, yeah, you can see Cody in it, too, so check Woo-woo. it out. <laughs> check it out. Um, yeah, fucking, we did um, the Wander music video by Waking Robots after that. Um, sometime that spring, I believe. We shot that at the Arbory. Uh, Jane DeMarco, Baby Jane, if anyone knows who that is, uh, she's incredible. She's the best human being I've ever met in my life. Like, really, just fucking coolest person I know. Jane had set that all up. And, uh, I mean, really, it was like, hey, Eric, want to shoot a music video for, you know, Earl Hem? And he's like, no, shoot a music video for Baby Jane. Instead, you know, okay, I'll shoot a music video for Baby Jane. So you go, Baby Jane, hey, we're going to shoot a music video for you. No, I want you guys to shoot it for Waking Robots. So <laughs> so everybody was just like, you know, just how the scene can be, you know, where everybody's sort of like, you know, I'm not the important one. This mm-hmm. person's the important one. Do them instead. So you know, that's just kind of how it went. And that's how we got to Waking Robots and, and shot that video. And, and the artery let us in, which was awesome. Um, Dan Johnson's artwork was on display, uh, who makes crazy artwork. Um, and uh, Corey Peak from Closet Witch, his uh, artwork was on display in there at the same time as well. Oh, so yeah. there's really interesting, awesome artwork was in there. Um, a great song that they had that they were so kind of less to. Jane was in the video for the entire thing. And, uh, yeah, it was it was really one of our first like real music video that we did, um, you know, as a motive direct, I would say, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. It was a fun experience. Uh, sort of got our bearings down as to how to approach doing music videos from then on. But right. yeah, that was a, that was a fun video. Though. I had a good time with that. 
diamonds from higher. Music videos are fun. We do music videos for ourselves, like me. And yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, watching. And, yeah, we like to do that. Those I'm gonna have are, to have you show me some stuff on that. Some, yeah. some of the After Effects of that. Oh. Was that After Effects that you're using? I haven't used it. I have After oh, Effects, yeah. but I haven't even gotten into it yet. I just grade with it. I yeah. solely color grade with it. But yeah, I have a buddy who can who does a lot of stuff with After Effects, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. you can do a bunch of crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, it's basically I just call it sure. Photoshop for film. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched some. I was watching you guys' videos and stuff the no other worries. day, and I was like, "Oh man, uh, you guys have something." That I was like, "I don't know how the fuck they did that." You know, I've been doing oh, this like yeah. five years, <laughs> and I don't know how they did it. They did this and that, you know. So the music videos are always super fun. We've never done any like a full length of anything like that. We started doing like some short, like just some funny bullshit videos and mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, doing the long form like a film or something that's a big project to take on yeah yeah so we shot a film called esoteric tales that is a feature-length film and we shot it like tales from the crypt so it's an anthology film so it's all of these little stories and then shot another one that would connect all of these stories and uh yeah, I think I put a, the rough cut of it that I got put together it was like somewhere around like 58 minutes or whatever so yeah uh, it was probably just short of a technical feature film, which is like 110 minutes. So we were real close to that, and it wasn't done, so it could have went under or over still. But uh, we shot that every year for years. I mean, we shot in the summers, uh, there's winters, there's all these different sorts of backdrops to it, all these different kind of like esoteric tales, like you know, weird little stories. Um, like one is a device that this guy finds in his grandpa's house when he's cleaning it out. Um, one's about a briefcase, you know, with the contents are unknown, you know. Um, and it's like a whole like Illuminati, you know, sort of thing to it, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, there's another one in there too. Oh, like a cannibal like story to it, and they all connect together. Mm -hmm. uh, we shot in like a church uh, like yeah there's it was really cool I mean uh, it's it's a film I liked uh, if it never came out because um, it's a massive undertaking at this point I don't know if we'll ever like really it was sort of like we're going to premiere this we're going to do much stuff with it now it's kind of like if it ever gets done which dropped on YouTube you know yeah yeah because some of the stuff is so old like I mean it's very very old um, there's not a lot I mean, you can tell experience levels are different as it goes throughout it. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's like um, three, the three um, anthology stories have all been scored. Uh, there was a ton of sound design work to do that was left over on it. Uh, so, yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff to do left with it, and it just got to that point where it's sort of bowed out, you know, like, uh hmm. Um, hopefully someday we'll we'll put that on YouTube and people can watch. There's some like really cool stuff that we did in it, you know. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a massive idea. Like we're we're gonna put this together, this giant film, you know. And, I mean, we literally didn't have enough actors at points, you know. Like it, it's just like calling people, like, can you come act in this scene, you know? Because you know we didn't want to reuse anyone obviously so you know you basically got four short films and you can't reuse anyone usually we're always reusing people yeah so um i apologize to any of the actors that didn't get that 
didn't get to see what their work on that because you know people put time into that took time out of their lives to come do it you know there's no money involved for them or anything so they didn't get to see the finished project product of it but yeah hit me up and come watch it you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do got that rough cut of it but mm-hmm. yeah it was big it was hard to do you know i don't recommend too many people jump into that too early you know? yeah 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 you might want to be able to have your whole crew take a week off of work and, <laughs> and work on it that way because it was not easy to do. But, but there, like I said, there's some stuff in it that I really like and I would love to show people someday that stuff that we did get done for. And there's some stuff in it that's horribly made as well. <laughs> and too, it's like, oh, see it, and just groan. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, we also have another film called uh, Lost Transmission, and uh, we shot with uh, Brock Wan, um, and uh, Austin Stone was in that film. And, uh, yeah, we shot that whole thing, and it just never just never got done. Uh, it's just really the only film that we ever did that just never got done. Like, it was just we shot it, and then something else came up, and it just sort of got put on the back burner. And then this winter came, and we're like, we're gonna go back and get that film finished, you know, because it can get done quickly, and it's not a big film. But with the weather being so fucking shitty this year, it was just really mm-hmm. hard to to find time to do it. You know, January we were supposed to work on it, and then uh, you know, it was a snowstorm that weekend. Yeah, because normally we only work the second Saturday of the month. All of this has always been done one weekend a month every single thing you know every once in a while squeezing a sunday here or there but yeah everything is essentially done on saturday any leftover shots are done on sunday i mean everything from the very beginning to now because uh through devin's work he has union weekend so he's guaranteed that one weekend off a month so mm-hmm. that's how we schedule everything you know all the bar fly lounges was done just on the second saturday of the month so not a lot of extra time to like fix it if it's not you know if you don't get it done that day like especially with barfly lounge because we shot that in the winter time and mm-hmm. it was snowing you know and people were like i'm not driving out there you know and yeah. in a fucking snowstorm you know we just fuck everything over because if you lose one episode you gotta push it back a whole month later mm-hmm. and doing that is like okay you know we want to be done by march so when spring hits we can go back out and start shooting films again you right. know so yeah that that was a really hard winter to do and and so we weren't sure like that's why we didn't do anything this winter it was like okay let's try to get old stuff back together and everything and right so yeah i mean 2016 or 17 i think we did put out a film called Ubiquitous. Uh, um, it's a total 100% an art film that I did in a, in a single week. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> there might have been some LSD involved. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was uh, basically a complete experiment, and then we didn't... We just did shots, and then went back and figured out how we would arrange them. And... Uh, you most people have no understanding of like what it is but i can basically tell you if you go and watch that film it's a man dies and sees his entire life flashes before his eyes from childhood to you know adulthood to like older age and everything like that and finding like his passion in life and stuff like that but he's speaking 
as he's passed away, all you're hearing is voices. So he's, um, you hear his voice talking to another voice, and that voice is like, like, um, like a entity, I guess, you know, like, you know, I don't want to say like God or anything like that, but you know, like, you know, something beyond death, you know, um, some sort of sentient, you know, being that he's speaking to who is telling him the secrets of the, of, you know, life and and uh i don't know i guess it's a pretty fucking pretentious film <laughs> i don't know i don't know but uh yeah it's uh that's about as art film as we as we've ever gotten and uh really threw it together and then kind of figured out exactly what it was going to be you know and, and hey. deal with life and death and and what you're supposed to be doing with life and uh, and how you viewed your life after you passed away and stuff like that so right. um yeah that we did show that at something at rod Sox. i don't remember what it was uh, it might have been jantopia maybe mm. but we showed it down there and um i used some film scores uh josh actually did not milky way did not score that film um i used some score some other little films that I really liked and put those together to make it but yeah, a very very small film you know nothing it wasn't a big production or anything like that I mean, didn't cost 25 cents to make it you know so right uh, after that film this would be I guess this will still be 2017. Mm. We did Nihilus Night. Um, that's probably my favorite film that we made. Uh, Eric Murphy played the, the main role in that. Uh, Austin Stone is in it. Um, a few other people. Hilary Hansen is in a couple scenes in it. Uh, Shake's in a couple of Ryan Lilly Shake. He's in a couple scenes in it. Um, but yeah, it, again, another just art film. You know, you gotta pick it up as it goes, sort of thing. Right. You know? I mean, any film you watch of ours, you're not gonna get in the first scene. Like you, you have to put some thought into it and watch it to the end, and then probably still put some more thought yeah. into it. You know. But essentially, it's about how do you want? I don't want to say because it's kind of gives away too much, but. Um, I would say it's a crisis a, a guy has, you know. You'll you'll understand if you watch it. You'll get it immediately what it's about. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's my favorite film we've made. I, I really enjoy that film. I I think it's one of the better ones we've made. Uh, I think it has like a good underlying theme to it. Uh, you know, it's positive and stuff like that. And Hell yeah, deals in like drug addiction and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, Nihilus Nights, if if you want to watch a film, you don't want to pick one film to watch out of this, I would recommend Nihilus Nights would be the one you should go check out. Bleach 2017, I'm pretty sure. Um, shortly after that, we did uh Soul Tree music video, Forgive Me. Hell yeah. Uh, Terrence is our guy, so uh, we hopped on, hopped on there, Terrence, and did that video for him for uh, the Horizons EP shot that just bounce around you know party it up do that um we did a Kubrick music video nobody knows who that is we did a music video <laughs> there um we did a video for Earl Hem called Twerk Du Soleil uh it's a real cool video he uh he wasn't even there for that he actually called me and 
and asked me if I could get him a video done by the time the album was going to release in a few days. So uh, I just banged it out, and he sent me the track and put it together that way. I actually really liked that video. I thought it turned out really well for yeah, yeah. for being almost the last second, you know. Uh, no, just sort of artistic, you know, video all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I did shoot a video as well called... Uh, was Earl Hem featuring Milky Way called uh, Walls? Um, we just shot we shot that on July fourth night. I think I went over there at like eleven p.m. I went over there and we shot it through the night, edited it through the night while simultaneously he was um, working on the album. So he had this computer, he's working on the album. This computer, the video is getting edited. It was all done sort of at one time. You know, it was real, real cool. You know, just everybody's just busting out art all at one yeah, time. Yeah. You know, and just everyone collaborating. Hey, look at this. Hey, listen to this. You know, just kind of nice. bouncing back and forth. So that was a good time. You know, just just knock that one out. That that one you'll have to find on on uh, the Earl Hen YouTube. That's not on the Move Direct YouTube at all. But yeah, it's called Walls. So anyone wants to check that out, it's probably on. I'm sure it's on Facebook. So we went into 2018. We did um, Motor Direct Investigates, and we're hoping to still do more. This is a mini series we did. Um, another one that didn't, no one really picked up on, watched too much of, but uh, I think it's really funny. Uh, it's a mockumentary. We all play ourselves in it. We use our real names yeah, yeah. and play like, exaggerated versions of ourselves. And uh, the idea is to be like one of them shitty like travel channel sci-fi shows where <laughs> um, um, we go look for paranormal sorts of things in each uh, each each different series. We only had one series so far. But the first series was. Uh, was Bigfoot, so we go search for fucking Bigfoot, and it's like four episodes long. It's not real long or anything, but yeah, if you want actual comedy out of us, check that out. Um, you can watch all of it on Facebook for sure. Um, they all just write on there and just click and watch them all one after another. But uh, yeah, everybody in that was really, really funny. Austin Stone was hilarious in it. And, yeah, it's, it's funny for sure. I think everyone, if you want to watch something, just have a laugh, you know, not think too hard about it. Like a lot of the other stuff. Love Direct Investigate, Season 1, Bigfoot. Um, this winter, we probably would have done Season 2, but um, I'm not sure if we didn't get to it. But, you know, I know a lot of people were asking for like aliens and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll probably almost for sure do another season of it. So. Uh, that one was really fun. Um, we did shoot... We had the Baby Jane music video, which I think is the best music video we've made. Uh, Succubus. Um, you can find that on Facebook. You can find that on our YouTube. You can find that on her YouTube. Um, yeah, check that out. That's a, it's a great, great song. And uh, I think we did pretty well on the visual for it. And uh, yeah, super stoked on it. I, I still really like that video. Every once in a while, I still check it out and watch it and see how it's holding up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy with this one. So, yeah, it kind of got like a weird horror movie sort of vibe to it or whatever. But, you know, not too over the top with it or anything. Nothing corny or anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and she's just incredible. Like I said, she's, she's awesome. So, she was in for everything. So, uh, like, we 
pump blood all over and stuff like that and <laughs> it gets to be a wild ass video so yeah check that one out we did two more films we did one called blue suitcase took forever to come out we premiered it in november of 2018 um and that was like a really our first drama i would say where we didn't really try to make like too much like, artistic weird mind-bending stuff it's just a drama like i mean it's straight drama and uh yeah i mean it's it's really different for us we, you know every film we do we try to expand you know we always try mm-hmm. to do something different so um that was the one where it's like let's try something really kind of normal you know yeah, like yeah. nothing nothing too crazy uh definitely kind of like on the sadder side of things it's all blue suitcase it means sad baggage you know that's what the name means you know so that's what you'll figure out going into it. We shot it, actually, it might have even been shot in 2017. It took a long time for it to get finished up and come out. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that's on YouTube. You can check that out. I think it's on Facebook. And then the last one we shot, I think you got Wayne on here. He discussed it, uh, That Which Grows Wild. Um, we shot in September and October of 2018. Premiered it at uh, the Supper Club in december 2018 mm-hmm. and uh that that one's a little bit of a drama too but um so i wrote it in three different um like like storylines and then um one storyline wayne who's the main character is uh is a street kid, you know, just lives on the streets, you know, I think everyone knows what a street kid is, you know, kind of a guy with couch hops and, you know, begs for his meals kind of thing. And then he meets a girl who's played by Ollie Wilson. And, um, she, uh, basically, they basically start dating and then he sort of domesticates and is living with her. And then she gets pregnant, which freaks him out. So he leaves and he's like living in the woods um, like in a tent and he's like just kind of a drunk living in a tent and yeah but all three of those storylines um, we just took all the scenes and just sort of threw them into a hat picked them out almost I mean that's not what we did exactly I mean there's a little more planning to it than that but if you watch it you know there's a scene from the third storyline and then a scene from the first storyline and a scene from the second storyline and, and uh, yeah it's kind of confusing on your first watch but I think you know get figure it out you're like oh wow you know uh, uh after josh had seen it in washington he had told me that he thought it was like actually a pretty brilliant you know story the way the way it tells the story so uh yeah that's on facebook you can definitely just watch it on there you don't have to go to youtube or anything like that actually mm-hmm. i'm not even sure if it's on youtube yet but um mm-hmm. sometimes we wait a little bit after you put them on facebook to put them on youtube but yeah then that's it man that's everything I know it's probably like an hour just blabbing about each film, but that's the whole history of it. One to the next to the next. And uh, yeah. That's how we got in here, you know, hitting Juntopias, Jantopias, you know, film festivals, anywhere we can get in and show stuff. Like, we've done it. We tried to hop in and, you know, uh, I'll always doing music, uh, open doing music videos. Anybody wants to do music videos, you know, just get a hold of us like we shoot music videos like we're always down to shoot music videos so hell yeah you know anyone that's listening you know 
got got an easy video you need made just hit us up on the motor direct facebook motor direct pictures and get hold of us you know we're on there doing that hell yeah so what do you think the future holds for motive direct what's up next what do you like where do you want this to take you what do you think your uh, future is like in film that's probably it <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is probably it this is all i mean we're always looking at like okay we're gonna make the move to this kind of gear and that kind of right. gear and it's gonna move it up a little and and stuff like that but i mean i said i had no desires to be famous or anything right. like that like you know if you could eat off of this that would be best possible scenario so um yeah just continuing doing films making stuff you know and putting it out you know <laughs> it's all i really want to do put it out and you know if you can show it locally and to 15 people awesome you know that's cool we're down to do that um we just got a projector and a pa and everything um a projection screen and everything so we can actually show everything ourselves so we don't have to rely on any venues any longer Hell yeah. um, at least on a venue that has a projection screen or anything we can just do it all ourselves now nice. so yeah if anyone's got you know a show they're putting on and want to show some films you know like let us know like We'll bring our stuff down to set it up. Anyone else out there has got a film, let us know. We'll set it up. Um, we'll definitely, for sure, lead us now into being able to do our own film festival and stuff like that. Because the hardest part oh, is, yeah. you know, you're relying on someone else to show yourself with their equipment and gear and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've gotten to do it um, only once we've gotten to show with our own gear so far. So... Um, we're still sort of learning everything, how to how to run all that and everything, right. you know. Film isn't like everything else. It's usually kind of like a side thing to the rest of the event. So you don't usually get a lot of time to perfect what you're doing. You know, you don't get time to set your gear up and sound check it, you know. It's just right. kind of like expected to hurry up and get it on for the next band to set, you know. But that's just the way it is, you know. The film's a small thing right now, Um it's really overlooked compared to the music and stuff like that. And that's all fine. It's all cool, you know. We've done music, done all that stuff, so I know how it goes, you know. Film is totally new, you know, in terms of being able to do it on your own and local scene and stuff like that. I'd love to meet more filmmakers that are doing stuff and, and want to put stuff on. Austin Stone has his own filmmaking um, entity. It's called Dory Pictures. Uh, he's been showing films um, with us lately at the events, so uh, he's just kind of getting his stuff really kicked off now. We're just shooting stuff more and more, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's still always been a, a motor direct dude. Um, uh, a lot of stuff we do is, you know, with the Utopia Ugly banner, we mm -hmm. do almost, almost everything is some sort of Utopia Ugly artist is almost always involved, so... I mean, Eric was 100% involved for a long, long time. Um, he's not so much now because, um, you know, he was a kid and stuff like that and has other priorities going on. But, you know, he's always he's always there either way, you know. Right, always yeah. welcome to, to step back in and work when he wants to. So, you know, like I said, music videos, anything like that, get a hold of us. We'll do it. We'll step in, you know. Look, yeah. Uh we do have a film that we've been working on. Uh, it, I think we're going to shoot it second Saturday in March. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, we've been working on it for about a month now. It's this gonna is your be, next current project right now? Yeah, it's the current project right now. And, um, we had not shot anything since October, I think. Because so, we showed a film in November. We showed a film in December. Uh, snowed out in January. And then the second weekend of this month, we actually um, worked on a little bit of the film. And we slacked a little on it this month. But uh, we did get stuff worked out so um if anyone knows making townsend uh she's going to be the the actress in it and uh she's doing some of the writing on it um it's going to be an art film for sure it's it's going to have basically a, a soundscape with um just a spoken word over top of it and just a lot of visual imagery um that would be the shots you know won't tell so much tell a story i guess um probably may be a part of the short short series we haven't put anything out for that in probably more than a year now but might be a part of that series um it was just kind of get to a point where you burn out a little you know i want to say like i'm not doing it but you know you slow down finally after going so hard at for a long time that it was kind of like slow down and uh you know when we go into work on something, you know, we're going to put everything into it and not try to just, like, knock it out because it's fun, you know. Right. Like, let's get it, get it right, stuff like that. So, But the film is called uh, Bruxa, uh, B-R-U-X-A. And, uh, yeah. What does that name mean? Uh, it means, uh, like, vampire in Portuguese. Um, and uh, if you look at the Facebook uh translation you know how it says translation on it it actually says witch on it so uh yeah it's like kind of do those subjects i guess in a way like it says it's all sort of visual so you know and i you know i don't know <laughs> that's oh, what yeah. it is you know like yeah called brooks so it's gonna be straight art film gonna have a lot to do with like sort of darker themes and things like that to do with it you know have much more of a music video feel i guess to it but there won't be any music to it or whatever you know so but yeah i've been working with these like soundscapes that are just like sort of like industrial sounds so like railroad you know tracks and trains and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and and um putting those sounds together and layering them and you know playing the sound to it to just make weird textures i guess right and then yeah she'll just be writing something uh she's been working on stuff so um then i had to sort of do with the idea of a bruxa you know a vampire but not so much like i'm a vampire you know <laughs> so like what is a vampire what does it do you know draining life and you know living forever and these sorts of things you know so mm-hmm. Uh, those are themes that will be a part of it. So, I mean, we're still working on ideas. Uh, uh, it's going to be a film that will almost for sure shoot the visuals for it and then go into editing and really sort of map out exactly, you know, all the ideas and put them into place and what works and where it goes. So sometimes that's the way you do a film, you know. We, we attack them all differently. Every single one of them is a different way to do it, so... At least we try, you know, like that's just fun for us. It's the films we like, so it's what we try to do, you know. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Is that planned to be released this year or is it still TBA? Oh, that'll be out this year for sure. Definitely. As long as it gets shot 
next month or you know even if it gets pushed back a month um it will be small enough that it'll definitely be out um i'm not sure where it'll be at at this point um maybe we'll try to get it into ross talks maybe we'll just get a venue and show it ourselves yeah, um, yeah. i'm not sure uh, there was some ideas of doing it at supper club originally but you know stuff going on down there right now so it's closed right so uh yeah i don't think it'll probably be at supper club at this point but um yeah you know we cross that bridge when it comes you know it's never oh, yeah for the last, I don't know, two years, I mean, everything we've done has shown, you know, like somewhere. So now we've kind of got to that point where before we release it, we want to make sure, like, you know, all the boxes are checked if, if right. we can show it or not show it or where we can show it or who's doing what and if we can get on it and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. And we've networked out enough, uh, enough now that, you know, it's much easier to to get into a place and you know people know us now and mm-hmm. know that we do i mean you you hit me up to do this so i yes, mean yeah. like, you know people know that we're doing films and which hopefully we can spread have, this so. word some more yeah i hope yeah. i hope for the the mob cast for sure man and yeah boy I, I love what you guys are doing well thank you sir yeah it's cool man uh love to come back later you know and definitely do stuff with you know bring devin with and stuff like that Hell so yeah not just me rambling on about it but <laughs> i mean nobody's ever really asked us much about the history of what we've done or anything like that how it started and all that stuff so yeah i'm glad you came on to share and i hope other people will listen and find yeah, it pretty interesting too sure. i'm sure everyone that has seen your films will be down to yeah. check it out but yeah. yeah man look forward to what you guys do in the future and shit yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone ever has questions about anything like that feel free to hit us up i mean we're chill laid back dudes man we don't like i said i'm not looking to be competition with anyone you no know hollywood in this motherfucker yeah is. i mean get, <laughs> get one out here and making their art whatever they do man there's podcasting here they're rapping they're doing stand-up comedy or they're playing in a band or you know fucking whatever they're doing making films painting you know whatever so i do a lot of stuff too on the side like i play around with music always you know it's mm-hmm. always like a good release of stuff you know rarely put it out or anything like that and just work on it um i have been writing more like um i would love with sort of amazon getting the point with kindle where you can do everything electronically um i've gotten interested in writing like novels and like being able to put them on amazon for fucking two dollars and you know yeah. whatever you know whatever i guess money's not like a overly motivating factor for me in most things that i do so you know i'll put it out and somebody reads it cool because i'm probably gonna write it either way so you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it's gonna get written, so I'm right, well right. put it out there. Maybe so you might as well fucking so. read it. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, I've been working on like a trilogy of like novels for quite a while. You know, they're all like I think I got two of them, two of the three are uh, completely outlined out, and one has been like actually I've been writing on stuff like that. But you know, it's just stuff you do. You know, you do stuff, and then sometimes you get unmotivated to do it or whatever, and sort of bow out for a little bit and then you know something sparks that again you jump right back on it and you're like oh yeah okay now i know what i want to do with this you know so so i i read a lot though i read like a lot like 1960s 70s 80s uh 
Philip K. Dick is like I'm a big fan of, and um, I think he very much represents is represented in the films that we make, you know, for mm-hmm. sure, you know, because oh, our yeah. films, Philip K. Dick and um, David Lynch, for sure, is a big influence on us. Um, I like to say Stanley Kubrick's an influence on us, but we just don't even fucking scratch the surface of that man, dude. <laughs> He's brilliant, dude. So, uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of different filmmakers for sure. Like a whole gang of them that we watch. I think there's films sort of getting into a territory where it's sort of like dying out. I think a little bit as a medium, but um, I think there's so many great filmmakers out right now. Like mm-hmm. that people aren't really paying much attention to. They're doing awesome stuff. Like really interesting things. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, who made. Um, Arrival was one of his. Uh, he made Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm. Um, I'll pop in my head right now, but yeah, he he's a really really good filmmaker right now. Uh, I think he's one of the best filmmakers out right now. Darren Aronofsky is still putting out great films. Uh, his last one, Mother, is a fucking with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, total fucking mind fuck. I saw. I, I still go to the movie theater to see everything like. This anytime a filmmaker I really enjoy is putting something out, you know, I'm on it, you know, fucking down that theater to see it. Like, it's pretty much what uh, me and my wife get for Christmas every year is like hundreds of dollars worth of um, movie vouchers or whatever. So, <laughs> nice. We, we hit up as many movies as I can, you know. I'm always following these filmmakers and seeing what they're doing and interested to see what they're doing with their new projects. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, checking everybody out all the time. So, but yeah, it seems like, you know, this was the way technology goes and stuff like that. You know, people would rather watch seven second videos on Instagram or, you know, things like that. You know, they're not really interested in, you know, feature length films. You know, they'd rather watch the 23 minute TV show on Netflix or something, you know, easier, more digestible things for them, you know. Um, and of course, like all avant-garde art, always since the beginning of its time, is you know not at the forefront of anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like yeah, you know, always the word pretentious is always used on. It's pretentious. It's like because it's mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> it's like interesting, so it's pretentious. It's fucking with ideas that nobody fucks with, so it's yeah. pretentious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys so just you could just do a bunch of series is now and pitch that shit on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome to get into um to get the more high tech gear, I guess, you know, I think we're a little overdue to move up on the cameras. One thing with the cameras is like with any piece of technology, the second you get it it's already outdated. Yeah. So like yeah, I mean eventually down the road I would love to move up to get I mean there's um get a red camera. Oh yeah, I just gotta hit the lottery for <laughs> yeah, <so>. right. <laughs> fucking fifty grand at least or some um, shit. Yeah, Ryan Gosling bought one and shot his own film. <laughs> it must be nice to buy red and just Jesus. own it. Uh, and actually, the movie that I made it's called it's called uh, Lost River. It's actually a really good movie. It's fucking really interesting and like you wouldn't imagine for a second that Ryan Gosling made this like wild ass art film. But yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, there was um the cameras like the Mark Twos and the Mark Threes that are are starting to drop down in price now, and they were using them to shoot scenes in fucking the Avenger movies. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, they're not shot fully with those, but they use as like B and C cameras and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, those are the cameras we'd like to get moved up into before they're completely outdated, you know. So, it just depends on where we're all at, money-wise and stuff like that. So, Hell yeah. And uh, where are the crews at? How many people, you know? Yeah, it can always vary from every every year is a different amount of people and a different group of people, so... Um, like I said, sometimes people come back, sometimes they're down. So getting into just shooting that one right thing, you know, that might right. strike somebody and, you know, maybe somebody will give us some money to do something, you know. So and if they don't, fuck it. Right. We're going to do it anyways. You know, right? So it's not a big deal to us. So. Hell yeah. I think it's pretty amazing what you guys have done over the years. Like how you said, it basically started well, just you. Yeah. And then, because just especially like from getting older, like you said, oh, when you're 17, oh, it's easy just to get together and all do whatever, do the shit. But then, yeah, as you get older, it's just hard to even like hang out with people anymore. It's crazy that you've been you've able to start with you and then just grow this dope team of people that's willing to like jump in and all on this shit. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, it's fucking yeah, everyone's dope. just having those skills. Everybody has their own thing that they can do that I can't, you know, like you know, I used to build websites when I was like nine years old. I was already like could build a website, now I can Damn. fucking begin to build a website right now. <laughs> you know, I I'm so rusty on that stuff. I'm super disconnected from technology and stuff like that. Like I'm not really into it at all, you know, like so And yeah, and just going down this whole wormhole of like learning you know like just self-taught diy i know how that is you know fucking just yeah it's just a huge fucking rabbit hole of just learning all this shit and then yeah just trying to accumulate all the gear over the years Mm -hmm. like i know what that shit's like it's lucky enough to have you know at least like my brother's putting a lot on gear and Mm -hmm. devin devin's probably putting more on gear at this point than i have you know so you know everyone's just like having that faith in each other and all of us knowing each other at least the the most core people the people that are gonna put their money in you're not gonna have to worry about them running off and right yeah, know, yeah stealing yeah. the shit or anything i mean and if they do it's like well i'm just gonna keep this gear you know yeah uh, you can't have it yeah. i mean Pro- property of motive direct now yeah, it doesn't me, belong to any of us me and devin on the camera together and then <laughs> me and my wife on the camera together and i mean so it's like really out like i mean me and him are such close friends at this point that it was over to a point like we don't want to do this anymore don't have time to do this anymore you know like okay me and my wife got a camera you take the other one you know sure yeah. you know i own half of it you can have it you know just just oh shit it's because we're you know like friends like that to that point you know right so right never really worried about things like that it's never come up you know i mean the gear is 99 percent of the time is at my house you know like I mean, he'll come grab, hey, man, I'm going to, you know, they are photography cameras. So, you know, hey, I'm going to grab the cameras and go take pictures and stuff like that. Cool. You know, comes out, grabs it. And, and my wife um uh, has uh, a thing, uh, her own picture thing called uh, Motive Direct Photography. Mm, okay. so Motive Direct Pictures is filmmaking and Motive Direct Photography, which is like mostly all my wife. Uh, and Devin does do stuff in that, too, as well. And uh, it's just like your normal sort of photography, you know, not, not your weird, like if I, I couldn't do it because I can't get a family together and like smile, you know, something <laughs> and be like, you put a noose around your head yeah. and fucking, you know, put blood all over your face and then, <laughs> you know, that kind of weird thing or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, she goes out and does 
pictures with that, and then, you know, he'll, Devin will come over and be like, hey, I need to grab the camera, and him, my wife will huddle up and say, you know, do you got pictures to take? And she'll be like, yeah, I got some pictures to do. Okay, what lenses do you want? I'll take the other lenses, so... You know, when when you don't have those egos in there and stuff like that, everybody just works together with well, stuff, yeah. you know. And, and that's how it's lasted this long is, you know, you know, anytime there's ever been, like, any sort of drama that somebody's tried to, like, bring into the situation and it just sort of gets shut down real fucking fast. And it's yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, you got know, it. Like, yeah, I'm too fucking old to do this. Yeah, know, right. I'm not going to sit here and argue <laughs> over little petty shit or whatever. If you want to be here, be here. If you don't want to be here, it's fine. No hard feelings, you know. If you want to come back in six months, say, hey, I do want to do this. Come on back. You know, like, like, it's yeah. all good anytime, whenever. So Hell that's yeah. how it's gone, man. So. Fuck yeah. QCDIY, motherfuckers. Yeah. Right here. Anyone's, hey, I would tell anyone, man, that fucking feel lost or don't have, you know, don't feel like they're motivated to do shit or stuck in a rut or whatever. It's like, do art, you know. It doesn't take any money to get a pencil and a piece of paper and draw. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, it does for me because I suck. But <laughs> everyone else, you know, you can just draw. You can do whatever. You can fucking write a book in a notebook. And, you know, you can write poems. You can fucking do all sorts of things that don't cost literally any fucking money. If you've got money, you can do even more things. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You only have to have a lot of money. Just enough money to get this piece of gear that piece of gear and you know you can do stuff you know you can do i mean there's lots of photographers around here who just do amazing shit you know so i couldn't even begin to do you know i'm like whoa you know look at this guy's pictures right here you know really good you know so and uh the bands the rappers you know mcs whatever you want to call them you know uh awesome so much good stuff you know so much good stuff and you know a lot of people kind of shit on you if you're trying to follow your dreams no real you know 10-year plan in place you know this is how i'm gonna be a millionaire by this point or whatever it's like no, it's not always about that you know like yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like i wouldn't have no sanity if i just went to work every day and went home you know some people can do that shit but i could not imagine i can't i cannot do it you know right it just sucks the life out of me so fast i gotta be doing something anything you know so that's uh jump into something you know you're podcasting right now dude like fucking jump in that's what i'm doing on my Fuck podcast yeah, awesome dude. dude like cool i said I, I was super interested in podcasts the second you're like you want to come do this i was like yes <laughs> yeah i would love to come do this like cool man like anything you ever need dude just ask me man i'll fucking try to help you out with anything if you're fucking around looking at cameras or anything and need some advice dude let me know man i got For quite sure. a bit of experience with yeah, it at yeah. this point so bought a few sold a few at this point so yeah. yes yes thank you brother yeah man so yeah i love what you guys are doing i hope you guys yeah. keep it up for sure thanks dude yeah i want to do it for as long as we can do it until somebody until we all get bored and doing it you know <laughs> we'll be doing it so hell yeah you know, this is fucking at least 15 years in the making of wanting to do it and you know probably 20 some years in the making of like it being a dream you know like, yeah, I would love yeah. to, you know film's cool you know i like to watch movies you know that kind of thing and studying it and you know not even when i was a kid you know not even really like actively thinking about how studying it you know what i mean mm -hmm. you know, i just was watching it but you're picking up so much stuff you know that when it comes time to actually learn the things you know you already understand like the 360 degree rules and stuff like that because 
you've been watching them in movies your entire life. Right. You know, you know, movie formulas were, you know, the basic movie formulas were made in the 1920s. We still use them to today, you know. So once you understand that, oh, that's the yeah, proper term for something I've seen a million times, literally, yeah, yeah. you know, so... You know, not a big deal, you know. It's like not not all that hard, not as hard as people make it out to be, you know. Real the real thing, you know, beyond getting the equipment and stuff is is um, you know, learning cinematography really well to make your stuff um stick out, you know, mm-hmm. to make it look more professional, you know. Understanding trying to get through walls and ceiling in every shot, you know, <laughs> understanding that sort of stuff, understanding symmetry in a shot, you know, and and, you know, when you don't have money, you know, when you can, you know, you're not building a set where you're building your symmetry and your lighting and, and, uh, stuff like that. You're just, you're, you're aesthetic, you know, like, uh, you don't have that money that you got to find it naturally, you know, mm-hmm. you got to find it where it exists and stuff. So, and shots in blue suitcase, we shot in a hotel. I mean, the whole basis of that film started around my desire to shoot in a hotel like, what do you want to shoot in a hotel for? And I was like, I love the symmetry of a hotel hallway. You know, it's like, I always got that weird carpet and then, you know, a light, you know, every so amount of distance from one to the next and then the doors every so amount of distance. So that whole film was based off that single shot. It was like, you know, we'll build a whole story around some idea that something needs to be in a hotel room. And everything we do is gorilla. You know, we don't fucking never ask. You know, yeah, so yeah, right. We just go in and try first before we ever ask. So right, right. We just went in and fucking. I mean, we got a dolly, drug it out, set it up in the fucking hallway of um. Fuck, I can't even think of what fucking hotel we were in. We were in Doomers or something. I don't know. We were in a hotel like that. I don't know why I can't remember, but uh, yeah, we just fucking set this dolly up and just put the camera on. We're just shooting those fucking shots right there in the in this fucking hotel hallway, like. Anyone could have walked out of the room and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? You probably just think it's like legit. I guess they got yeah. a permit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's cameras out there. Some hotel staff come running up. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing up here? You know, yeah. and we're literally walking in like eight of us carrying fucking PVC pipes and all this stuff set up gear in there, you know, bags and everything. And it was like, what the fuck are they doing <laughs> over there? You know, like, and you know. Especially you were, like, holding the camera gear in the hotel room. It's, like, almost for sure. It looks like you're shooting a porno in there, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell's yeah. going on over there? They got all these cameras out, and there's all these people in That's there. That's probably what they must have thought. Yeah, it's yeah. just porno. Had, yeah. It's all right. They'll stay in the room. Like, oh, they're in the hallway. Excuse, yeah. Sir, excuse me, sir. <laughs> you can't be. <laughs> we got some offers to do some pornos, but, uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't interested, you know. Mm. Devin was more interested than <laughs> I was. I was like, nah. Hey, you can do that with what doorway pictures or whatever it is. No, no, that's awesome stuff. Oh, okay, doorway okay, pictures, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And no, I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to do no porn else. <laughs> it was this whole fucking idea too. I don't even want to say it because I don't know if the guy still wants to shoot it sometime. <laughs> I was still stealing it, but it was fucking disgusting. And I was like, no, I was like, no. Avant garde porn. And I was like, dude, I want some money, man. I want money to do this like real money like I don't yeah. want like a thousand dollars like come on be reasonable I'm being reasonable <laughs> like a thousand dollars come yeah, on what are you talking about hell yeah well for those who are listening where can they find out more motive direct pictures where can they go see your shit um the Facebook's probably 
the number one spot to get any information at. It's going to go there first. So I think it's um, facebook.com slash mode director, facebook.com slash mode direct pictures. One of the two. I mean, you can search it in the fucking bar. It's going to pop right, right up. Right. So, um, and you got the actual website, too. Yeah, know. and then we have motivedirect.net, um, which my brother runs. And uh, it's not updated regu- like regularly in the sense that it's like news on there. Um, it's updated that all the films are on there. Every single film is on there. So um, you can just go there and find it. Um, or you can YouTube it and just search Modrek Pictures and it'll pop right up. And I mean, I think 95% of everything we shot is on there for sure. Yeah, so YouTube, you guys on Instagram too? Oh, uh, yeah, we're on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Just for appearances. Search, we do. Fucking search that shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't run any of it. Like I said, I'm not big into social media. Uh, it's weird. I find people are super into that shit fucking weird (laughs) Instagram influencers and shit like that that, that's what I'm saying going back to just the film thing you know like people really aren't into films not into reading books and you know Mm -hmm. hardly into music anymore you know they're into singles you know that's it you know but some reason they're super stoked on people who just take pictures and put them on Instagram that's it that's the whole reason a person's famous and making money like picture of themselves like what the fuck is this <laughs> it's like it's like the new magazine fucking i guess or something I, I strange know, times you know, man. it is fucking weird fucking. to me so i mean i'm just getting fucking old i don't know yeah. but we're all we're all dying yeah. now i don't know <laughs> i think you'll see a lot of stuff if you watch our films you'll see like um i don't know our pessimism and a lot of stuff and uh, a lot of reality and a lot of stuff you know drug abuse and stuff like that all this knowing people at, drug addicts and have died from drugs and stuff like that and um you know death in general you know different uh, not just drug related deaths but just deaths you know yeah stuff like that so you know you see that in a lot of our films you know uh, the barfly lounge series is completely based on alcoholism and, you know <laughs> yeah you know and it's all sort of you know covered in a way that you know it's like you know we kind of it's not just sticking out in your face like we're preaching to you or anything you know but you know we're trying to build a story that's somewhat entertaining or interesting at least at the very least but you know at the root of it you Mm -hmm. know if you're really paying attention it's like oh yeah this is about fucked up people right (laughs) Right, people are having issues and problems and you know i think we always sort of grew up in families like that or you know not even direct families but you know you get older and you you move out and go experience the world and the type of people you start meeting and stuff like that you know it's like it's not so pretty all the time you know so that's how you know you're sitting on fucking instagram and it's all like pretty looking you know it's like yeah it's not all like this. Right, right. <laughs> a lot of other shit going on out here, so definitely. But yeah, I hope some people go check it out. If yeah, you don't, man. Sorry, I rambled on. For so no, no, long, dude. loved uh, it. It's the fucking weekend, so get on over there. Motive Direct, YouTube, Facebook, website, yeah, anything. Yeah. Fucking binge watch this shit now. Yeah. You don't need Netflix to binge watch yeah. anything. Go to fucking Motive Direct. We got it all here for you. Fucking short films. Long films, web series, music videos, whatever the fuck videos, you want. Everything's on whatever there. Whatever the fuck you want. A lot of take reels are stuck in there somewhere. Just 
God damn. There you go. Binge watch Mobcast. Shit, oh. Man. Doing fucking dope shit over Thank here. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Like, Mob I mean, QC, motherfucker. I got all this fucking bullshit out of here, so I don't ever need to come back and talk <laughs> about this. So you want us to come back on anytime, dude? We're in, man. Most well, definitely, sir. Get Devin over here, and we can just bullshit more on you know, whatever. Art in general, dude. And I got to yeah. go through three hours of filmography or anything like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, but, thank you for taking the time to come hang and fucking indulge us with all your no your problem, filmography man. and all that. Yeah, no problem, fucking, man. Hell I, yeah. I love to... It's my first opportunity, like I said, the first opportunity I've ever had to fucking sit down and talk about it and tell people how it started and where it came from and, you know, all that stuff. So if they do watch our stuff or people that have been watching our stuff for a long time, you know, I think mean, a better understanding of how it's all evolved, you yeah. know, from fucking... A single fucking camera with a kit lens and no sounds. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, yeah. To where it is now, where we have a, a backpack that's so full you can barely wear it on your back, and you know, everyone's carrying nine bags out with them yeah. of, of gear now. So, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride, man. I hope to, to keep it going. I hope people keep watching it. I hope people keep inviting us to come do stuff. I hope people keep hitting us up to do work for them, you know. So anyone that's doing art, doing music videos, if you fucking write screenplays and have no outlet for it. If you're fucking trying to act or some shit. Act for sure. Yeah, always looking for actors. Always looking God for actors. Damn. Almost nobody in our stuff. I shouldn't say almost nobody. Some people are, are very well versed in acting and have experience in acting. Um, there's a lot of people that have never acted during their life and just fucking just do it, you know. Like, all right, just jump into it, you know, so doesn't matter how much experience you have on um, if you are an actor it's hard to find stuff to to get into and everything you know our shit's weird i don't tell you that out front but you know we make art films you know but it's definitely fun yeah it's fucking fun. do it you heard it here first yeah. motherfucker cody's been there cody knows man yeah take it from me it was a great time <laughs> very hospitable i hope super, so yeah, i hope so super fun yes yes well, thank you again, my man. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Until next time, motherfuckers. I'll be tuning in, bro. Bye-bye.